You are about to experience the corpse cast. We would advise any listener who may be ill, pregnant, or of weak constitution to reconsider listening to the show for fear of an onset of health issues related to encountering bouts of pure shock or fright. For those who wish to continue, just remember to avoid fainting. Keep repeating, it's only a podcast, only a podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode forty. Yeah, forty of the Corpse Cast, man. We made it, man. We're 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 we're, we're stars. This is some kind of a of a milestone. I swear to you. Yeah, forty episodes, pretty good. You know what's good? What? We're almost halfway to where the Mighty Cadaver Lab was. Yeah, we're what eighty eight, eighty eight total. Yeah, eighty eight total. Halfway there. We're halfway there. You know what? We will be strong, and we will work through, and we will make it. We will thrive and we will survive. I'm Mike, and we got Shane Diablo over there. What's hey, up, man? Hey, 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 and hi, hi, hi. Yeah? How's yeah. the week going for you, man? Good. It's our halloween Oh, dude. I'll tell you what, man. It's great. It's The weather has cooled down. You know, we're not we're not uh, sweating our asses off anymore. We're, uh, you know, having some Halloween weather. We've had some rain and even snow lately, which it always snow, does yeah. here in, in Utah. It, oh, it yeah. snows once before Halloween every the single year. The best snow on the earth, right? Is that what the license plate says? <laughs> That's what they'd like you to believe, greatest, actually. Greatest snow on earth. Do you, do you do a lot of skiing? Not at all. Oh, really? I don't like it. What? I don't like ice, snow, none of it. Why? Because it's cold? Yeah. I don't like to be out in that. Do you know what's funny? Is every time I go skiing, and I, and I go, I probably go two or three times a year. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my boots are, uh, a size too small and I will not rent and I will not buy new ones. Why? So, well, because, because they're expensive and I only go two times a year. Do you go down the slaloms and all that? And- Dude, I am the freaking man. Why don't you want to be comfortable in your shoes? I do want to, but it's only two times a year. But here's, uh, let me, let me finish this. Okay. My, my feet fall asleep. And so it's just like I've got two stumps, you know, down there and I can That's still. That's gotta be kind of. <laughs> No, it's, it's fine. It's it's only weird on the way home when they like wake back up and whatever. Yeah, anyway, hitting the gas I, I digress. It is Halloween, Shane. Yes, Halloween. Halloween. We got a lot of stuff to go through today. Um, I'll tell you what. Halloween officially kicked off last Wednesday for me. Okay, what's that? And I got and I got to give you some kudos, man. Oh. We did uh, jack o' lantern. We did some pumpkin carving, man. We, the family we brought over. Guess how many pumpkins? Fifteen. Oh man! I have three kids. You know, me and my wife. We had fifteen pumpkins. I cut off the tops and scooped out every single one of them. Every yeah, all of it. Oh my arm, man! It's a little bit sore. My did shoulder. You see mine my outside? rotator cuff. Oh no, I didn't see it, dude. It's already dead. Oh, is it really? We put it on the table. Uh huh. Put the candles in it and everything. Uh huh. And it just. We died. went down. We went down you to wa- put those outside where they stay ice cold and yeah, yeah, yeah. fresh. That, yeah, that's that's where ours are at right now. I, well, we had, I had mine sitting right on the kitchen table with the candle in it. We're watching the horror movies. Oh, I bet that was nice. I bet it smelled good. See, my wife, three or four days in, my wife makes us, uh, use those little lights, you know, that you get from the Walmarts. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you have the, uh, um, 
you know, so you see you're not using real fire and stuff. Because, you know, we have kids and whatnot. And, yeah, that's probably a good idea. But the thing is, you don't get that smell. You don't get that, you know, that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, no, I'm. It's, it's just been a, it's been so far, it's been a really good family time Halloween yep. to go. And not to mention that we listened to the Ultimate Halloween Band yeah. in typo negative, and we watched the Ultimate oh, Halloween yeah. movie oh, in yeah. The Exorcist, man. Yeah. I'm stoked as shit to get into this. Do you have a Halloween-y story? Because I've got one. Why don't you go ahead? <clears throat> Dude, you're not going to believe this. I was telling okay. you. I told you this on Twitter. Remind me of this story. Oh, oh I forgot this to remind you. This is going you. to creep you the shit out. Okay. All right. I am working down in Payson, Utah. Uh-huh. I'm in a mobile home park. Oh, lovely. And, you know, I'm doing what I do, and I do what I do. <laughs> and there's this old lady. Oh, dear. And she's kind of walking up the middle of the road, and she's eyes are right on me. She's ready to go. Are you still and in your truck? I'm, that- I'm out of my truck, oh, okay, okay. and I'm picking some stuff up. And here she comes. Now, you, you usually, at my work, I usually get that. They mm-hmm. go, hey, I've got something for you to take, too. Okay. No, I'm not a trash guy, but I pick up donations and whatnot. Right, right, right. So... This lady, and I'm like, oh, here she comes. She's at, now picture. I want you to picture Betty Davis, uh, Betty Davis. Okay, I, I, I'm right on that. Shaved head. What? With a cowboy hat on. A la- uh, wow. Whatever happened to Baby Jane makeup on? <laughs> oh dear. And she's kind of walking towards me. Now I want to say <laughs> that, you know. Dementia or or any kind of <laughs> mental issues like that is nothing right. to make fun no, of. No, it's not. It's, it's awful. not funny. Right. But she comes up to me, and I'm like, yeah, ma'am, can I help you? And she looks at the side of my truck, and she says, oh, the children are gone. <laughs> and I said, oh. When was this, dude? This was just this week. Are you? This, s- yeah, this. She goes, all this, ch- all the children are gone, and there oh, they are. Oh, man, that's sad. And she's pointing at the truck, and I'm like, the children? I just-. And, dude, totally creepy looking. <laughs> she's got her lipstick that's right. not even on the lips. It's all the way around and everything else. <laughs> Betty Davis wearing a cowboy hat. Oh, geez, dude. Dude. That's kind of sad, man. I know. It was. The creepy part was, uh-huh. I didn't know what to do. Well, what do you, what do you, well, here, here's the then thing. Then she goes. It's all purple. <laughs> all the ch- and she's starting to tear up. All the children are gone, and that's it. And it's all purple. And I said, "Do you?" There was a lady getting in a car, and uh-huh. I assumed that she came from a house over in that area. Okay. And I said, "Do you know that lady?" And she turned and she goes, "No." <laughs> and I said, "Do you? Where do you live?" And she pointed right at her house. And I uh-huh. said, "Oh, you live in that house?" Uh-huh. And she goes. Yes. And I said, I think all the children and the purple (laughs) is over there. And then she kind of turned around and started walking back to her house. And that's when you darted. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Do do you call the cops and go, there's kind of a weird lady? No, you don't. Or do you go... There was nobody around no. to go. Oh yeah, she's she's talking about the purple no, and the yes. children, and she, she's fine. <laughs> she's fine, dude. You, you know what's funny is when my when my wife's grandpa was in an old folks home, like a real convalescent type of deal. We yeah. we'd walk through, and uh, I mean, we we would go in like every couple of days for for months, you yeah, know, just to, for a quick visit. And you know, my wife loved it, her grandpa and whatnot. Sure. So we'd walk in, and after a while, people would start talking, and I'd just be like. 
hey, what's that? And then they'd yeah. look over and I'd just run away. I and did. they don't know what the hell's going on. I think on. the not, children not in the purple live over there. Yeah, that's, she, that's, oh, exactly, that's exactly She turned around. At least she didn't go towards the railroad tracks. Yeah. She went back towards the house, yeah. and I'm can happy I say, with that. Can I say one thing? I'm content I am happy house. that you checked to make sure she didn't go to those, because you're a caring dude. Yeah, I you, don't want the... You, you don't, know. yeah. Shane... Bravo to you, son. She had them old wrinkly lips and all the lipstick uh, around it. You know, you know what? That's and it was just like so there's hard, no. Man. You know, it's like you totally miss the lips. Getting old, totally getting old, the son of a bitch. Yeah. So it's sad. It's heartbreaking. Hey, that kind of ties in with that's scary. Damn why you do? Why you do this to me? Do this to me, Damien. Oh, I. You know what? It's a creepy night. We're wearing our pumpkin snuggies. Oh, dude. Absolutely. We're having pumpkin lattes. Oh, no, no. I didn't even finish. We we got those 15 pumpkins, yes. right? We, yes. Then we started baking the pumpkin seeds and butter and stuff. Did you try them? So good, dude. Yeah. So good. And it, it's good fiber. You can chew down the, the, the shells and all. Just Yeah, I, that's what we did. You grind them up and... Swallow it was it was fiber. really it was really nice. I mean, it was because they were still warm in their tummies, oh, yeah. and oh, it was really it was you know it was a fun. I burned night. mine. I, they didn't. Oh uh, well, I, like, I also had. I also have a lady in the uh, in the house that did it. I mean, I just yeah. said, I said, hey, why don't you do this? And hey, she, I've been good every year, but this year I didn't pay attention, burned right. them, and it was yeah, just like son of a. Did it make your apartment smell like shit? No, it actually uh, smelled all right, but okay. it was just like, you they were just really overcooked. And I went, oh, uh, man. Well, dude, there's still time, man. There's still time to get some good ones in. Plus, you're going to have to do it again. Yeah. Well, you know what we're doing tomorrow morning? First thing tomorrow morning, what? we're going in and we're going to go carve more pumpkins at, at uh, my wife's mom's house. Oh, so, man. Yeah, so well, your arms are going to, you're going to have like those Sylvester Stallone no. over the top arms. <laughs> And I'll have like Popeye. No, it's more of the shoulder. It's because I really get into it. And oh, you like to really make oh, yeah. work it. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, that's fun. You know, that's fun. The kids love it. We've you know we've taken them out to a lot of like fun family stuff. I love this time of year. Get at your outside. It's cool. Yeah. It's chilly. Oh man, it's fun times. Um, can I mention one thing? Sure. Have you ever heard of something called the Roku box? I have heard of that. What is that? I'm just going to go ahead and pimp our channel real quick. I know everybody who's on the Facebook group. If you're not on the Facebook group, go to the Facebook group. You need group to be right on the group. Uh, I've just, you know what? Here, here's the thing. Zombie TV yeah. is out there. Our video podcast is on Zombie TV. Yeah. Right now, it's only available on the Roku box. It's going to be available to more. Everybody's like, oh, I don't have a Roku box. You know, so I can't watch it. Well, it's like, you know, eventually it will come out on more and on more things. But as for right now, and, and I don't Roku. know how long, it's only Roku. Yeah. Um, they're actually coming out with a, with a, you know, a mobile player and stuff like that. But mo- Roku's are so awesome anyway. All I'm, all I want to say. Every person, just really quickly, every that, person that I know that owns a Roku. Yeah. Loves the shit out of it. Yeah. And I have one. Actually, you know what? Corey Graham bought me one because. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of weird, but he sexy. Loves me. I love yeah. him too. You know, what are you going to do? It's hot. I want to mention one thing. If you don't get it for us, okay, I want you to get it for, um, basically what I'm saying is the price of the box is worth the three ladies that they have introducing oh, the, the public yes. domain movies on Zombie I'm TV. already stalking one of them. Dude. We have L, who actually, if you've seen, if you've seen Maxwell Stein, who, that, Maxwell Stein is the movie that the guys made who are actually running this channel, who uh, we actually ran into him because sure. we, cause on the Canaveral, we reviewed Maxwell Stone. We liked it. One of the ladies from that movie is one of the introduction, or she introduces... Uh, checking her movies. out. Uh, there's one named uh, Nicole. There's one named Ophelia. Yeah. 
But there's one named Nikki. You know what another name she goes by? I, I instantly get, what's her name? Fate. Oh, Fate, baby. Yeah, yeah. I, as soon as you said Nikki. Yeah. Purple rain, dude. I got me some <laughs> dirty Nikki in the, yeah. I started to ground. All I'm oh. saying, dude, is. She are, is drop dead gorgeous. Yes, she is. And it's great stuff. I can't wait to take a look at the other ones, though. They're, they're, you know what? I should bring over my, uh, Roku one of these days or. Maybe I want to personally welcome them to the stock club. <laughs> Fate is definitely stockable yeah. for sure, without yeah. a doubt. The other ones I think are great too. Oh, In I... fact, uh, the other ones are they, they they all have their little motif, like Ophelia's a, a Victorian vampirist type of thing, mm. and you know, and, and they've got all this. It's great. It's really fun. It's just fun horror times, man. Yeah. Anyway, so that's all I'll say. I'm just I wanted to pimp it, but that's zombie TV. You can find the corpse cast only on. Zombie TV. Well, the video cast, anyway. Well, the video Go to Facebook.com slash Zombie TV. Z-O-M-B-E-E TV. And actually, if you go to CorpseCollective.com, I put a little link on the side, you know, an image link that goes, this says Zombie TV. Click on that. You'll go to their Facebook. Go like their shit. Go like their shit because it's awesome. It's amazing. Oh, there's so much more to come. I can't say anything because I don't, because, uh, I, I, I know super secrets, but I don't know if, if I it's can an let exciting the cat time. out of the bag yet, but j- people, it's it's so awesome. It's going to be worth it. Drown them kitties for now. <laughs> okay, you know, we'll do it. Put them in uh, the bag. Drown keep, them keep, for now. Okay. You know what? Thank you for helping me keep myself my uh, self control. You know, uh, there you well, go. That's what I'm here for. Um, today, like I said, we're going to be talking about Typo Negatives album from 1993 called Bloody Kisses and oh, yeah. the horror epic from 1973. The Exorcist. Yes, dude. I I, I just want to yes. warn everybody. Uh, obviously, we're going to get into some voicemail stuff like that right now. But I just want to warn everybody and let them know that I think there's going to be a lot of gushing on this episode. I think there's going to be a I'm lot. I'm pretty of, sure of that. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I agree. And listen, I'm planning on doing a lot of it myself. So yeah. it, it's safe to say for me. But let me review. Let's review the question that we asked last episode. The question of the episode. Um, it's like I said, it's an easy, unimaginative question, but uh, you know, it might bring some good discussion out. Absolutely, um, including our horror trivia. Oh, really? Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. So, cool. what was the question? The question is. Uh, what is the favorite, your favorite movie or your favorite music that you pull around, out around Halloween and why and, and, and why do you love it so much and, and yeah. all that good stuff? But, so let, let's do this. Let's go ahead and just get right into the voicemails. Good. All right. I want to say one thing before we get into these. Uh-huh. This, today's voicemails are going to be an eclectic mix. Sure. Because we had some from last week that we weren't able to download quite in time. We had I some- think we're going to go ahead and say this is going to be an epic episode epic because it's gonna be long i want to get kind of in depth as you probably do with the exorcist and all that absolutely so this might end up being a three-hour sucker dude every one of our episodes is three hours where you been well i mean maybe (laughs) three and a half four hours so so bear with us folks you know who called in first who that in and out in and out alan mike shane how's it going what's up uh I think Shane should get a cooking segment on the show. You know, he was talking about how to make the pumpkin seeds, and then oh yeah, buddy. Or later on in the review, he was talking about cooking French fries, and <laughs> he's made the egg salad. Oh, I think it'd be pretty yeah. cool to give him a cooking segment. Hey, there hard, you go. That's a good, be funny. Anyway, on to the uh, make us some meatballs. The episode <laughs> uh, when Halloween comes around, I always like to watch the original 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nice. I don't know why, but that puts it's, me in a real Halloween mood. It's, it's great. And as far as music goes, uh, dig out the Misfits. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> some Psycho Billy stuff. Yep. Uh, this album I've got, it's called, like, The Ultimate Rockin' Halloween Party. Mm-hmm. And it's got stuff goes from, like, maybe the 30s to the 60s. No shit. I got it off Amazon. It's a compilation. That's a lot of fun. I really like it. And also really like uh, Marilyn Manson's version of This is Halloween from the Nightmare oh, yeah. Christmas soundtrack. Yeah, that's cool. That's actually yeah, really cool. Yeah, it is. Listen to all that. You know, Blitzkid. Um, we need yeah. to do more Blitzkid. They Live. Yeah, we do. Or, yeah, not we They do. Live, Left for Dead. And, uh, Ooh, of Salt Lake City. D&D. Salt Lake City, two times. Playlist. Two uh, times. I do go to some <laughs> obscure stuff, some of the uh, stuff by those poor bastards. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, some unknown hints and stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, you've heard him here. Creepy vibe. Uh, what? Yeah, you've anyway, heard, you've, you've heard unknown hints in here. I'm pausing it right now on the first call. Unknown Henson? Yeah, I I've played heard it for of you. them. Oh, here? I, oh, oh, like on that. Unno- yeah, oh, yeah, on Spotify, okay. yeah. Like on one of our breaks is what you're saying. Paul is styrofine or whatever no, the hell. Oh, yeah, dude. You've heard him. Okay. He's a squid. I told you he's the, the voice for uh, oh, squid Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've never, Unknown I've never Hansen. Heard. Yeah, oh, let's, hell yeah. Let's throw him on the list. Long said to listen to anything by him, and I forgot how good that Antichrist Superstar album is. I mean, it's pretty good, man. It's pretty you know, good. I almost think the guy, the man, has overshadowed the music. Uh uh, frankly, I find Marilyn Manson the person to be extremely irritating. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, look at me, look at me. Um, it's exciting in the beginning and like, not a big fan, right, but I, I missed it how all. good the music is. If maybe he could like step back, something I don't know. It might be better. Y'all have a good one. Bye, dude. It's so funny that I just saw him. I just saw yeah. him at live and stuff, and I, it didn't even really make an impression on me at all. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I really love that album. I don't know shit about Marilyn Manson. There's something no. to be said about longevity, being unstable. No. Okay, when you okay. when you, when you get when you figure out what they're all about, mm-hmm. it's not as impressive as what is this guy? What will he do next? Right, and then right. when you see a career of oh, it's just kind of makeup and creepy. Right. You go, eh. See, and that's the problem. I said it last episode. I mean, by the time I heard who he was and heard his songs, it's like he turned into this kind of, like, uh, I don't know, not like a religion, but some, kind of a cult, I guess, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, oh, dear. Um, you know who called in? Who? Arnie Schmechtel. Arnie, our, our law department. He is our, he is the corpse cast lawyer. Okay. <sighs> I don't, guy. I don't like it when we talk to him because that means something went wrong. Absolutely. Okay. And I, you know what? And I think I know why he's calling. I haven't heard this voicemail oh, yet. Shit. But remember when you were all like, uh, saying shit about, uh, uh, being cheap? And oh, a couple episodes no. ago. Yes. All right. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I'm just saying. Oh. Arnie Schmechtel. Okay. Here, here he is. Mike and Shane, Arnie Schmechtel here, Corpse Cast Attorney at Law, just calling because I gotta say I'm disappointed in you guys, in all the anti-Semitic remarks. It was Shane, it was all Shane. You know, I'm supposed to represent you guys and I can't have you guys saying stuff like that. Sorry, Who was there for you when they found that dead hooker inside your bass drum? Uh, it was me, Arnie Schmechtel. She was a, she was a midget. I also represent Die Monster Die, who knew? And Mike... 
Come on, man. What? I was there for you before the gender reassignment. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, there yeah. for you now. Come on, guys. No, we love you. It was all shame. I'm throwing... I remember, remember on a more now. positive note, I really liked the last episode. Well, thanks, son. You know, I just like the idea that in Prince of Darkness, they have a whole canister of Satan's schmigma hanging out <laughs> in the basement somewhere. You know, it goes completely against what I believe. But, you know, to each their own. And I also like the band Die Monster Die. Like I said, I've represented them do. for years. They've been a great band. You know, uh, I've had my hands full representing them also. You know, with the drummer we- Meat Whistle. You know, I've always yeah. got my hands full. And I'm not just talking about his penis. Oh, but anyway, guys, that's all I've got for this this call. You know, I just want to say, cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks. Uh, Shane, I'm sorry, Shane. You guys are acting all broigus. Jeez. <laughs> Take it easy. Arnie Schmettel. I don't know why this came to mind, but I just want to say a completely unrelated uh, uh, statement. Yeah. I love Johnny Krug. I don't know why. I know. I don't know why I, don't know I, what I decided you mean by to that. say that right there. I don't know what you mean by that. Sorry, Sarni Arnie Schmettel. We will... Um, I hope he calls in again. I know he listens. He's well, told sure, me he listens. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess he's just listening to make sure that we do... Right. Well, the problem is, I think that what he does is he listens to every episode and then starts, you know, kind of uh, capturing potential lawsuits that yeah. with, with it that are going to come, and so he gets a, he gets a jump on it, so that exactly. basically when they're going to show up, he's not blindsided by it. Uh, listen, Brian Tow Truck called in. I think this is the one of the ones that we had last week, okay. so this is an older one. Well, hello, motherfuckers. What? Um, you know who this is? I need to say it. It's time for me to lay down my fucking thoughts and feelings about the last episode, <laughs> which, as always, high-quality product. Thank Absolutely you, sir. fucking love it. Would take it intravenously if I could. Um, <laughs> a couple things out of the way real quick, and I'll get into the question of the episode. That fucking quiz, Shane, what a bitch. Oh my god! That was a tough quiz last yeah, night. So I pretty much I, that was some ball. That I got my ass kicked. That was, that much. hurt. Yeah, you made me feel like a dumbass. But I guess I need that once in a while. Cause I'm such a smart ass motherfucker most of the time. Um, Mike, you were giving Shane a little bit of shit about saying Jew. A couple other really fucking. Yeah, Arnie, Arnie already gave me that business. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that could be in a Jew. Shane gets a pass just by the simple fact that that's a truck driving son of a bitch, and we're hate speech spewing fucking <laughs> cocksuckers. I don't have hate for it. Did he say hate? Yeah, he did. He did. So, that's all on you, baby. I love everybody, and that's for real time. Shane, if they come after you, let me know. I'll handle some shit. I'll get Arnie on the fucking case. It'll all be smoothed out. Um, so now question the episode was, uh, what was it? Halloween traditions, yes. Indeed. <laughs> Do we have any Halloween traditions in my household? Holy shit. Halloween's quite possible. 18 of them. Holidays. And he's going to count them all off to us right now. <laughs> it's the one time I can dress up all fucking weird and wear makeup and nobody's And then lose your mask in Mike's trunk and, and you'll never get it back. Own. July 15th, people just look at me weird. <laughs> like, I give a fuck. It's, a, it's the one night where people well, don't get Brian Tochuk dirty looks. Is going to the Die Monster Die show. Oh, dude, I'm with you right there. Don't make yeah, Shane feel bad. Seven years now. Because it should be tomorrow night. Uh, it should be tomorrow night, Shane. Something about. Hey, they're painting our new band room right now. 
fucking turned me I'm on. Doing this. I was hanging out, <laughs> a lot of local punk shows. Just the scene was kind of fucking boring and stale and the same old shit. Hello? You still there? And, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so I fucking hear about Die Monster Die. Earth to be tow truck, wake up, brother. Go and check out a show. And was immediately hooked. Oh, dude, they're so you know, good. I, I, don't know I know, I know you feel because we rock. Well, I was going to say, I, mean, I know you're humble. Well, they're not tonight. You're humble and stuff, but I, I love your live shows. And I love seeing Ruben so much, dude. Just, I don't know. It was a new hardcore. I mean, punk uh, Sticky Nicks. Fucking style to me that I just fell in love with. And uh, it was less of a show than a spectacle. I mean,. I remember yeah. my first yeah, show. You're doing it right. They're humping a pumpkin and fucking just <laughs> wild, man. You know, it was uh, it was something I just kind of had to know more about. I picked up uh, what is shall always be. Yeah. What that is night. shall always be? Home, played the shit out of it. A few months later, um, they released. The album, uh, only the dead will survive. So he's old school, man. He's, oh, yeah, he's been around a while. Because I only learned about you guys um, right before Fall to Your Knees. Anyway, he's, yeah, he's, I was hooked. And this is one of my timer. favorite albums by Die Monster Die. Favorite song on the album, Black is the Color of the Darkness. I love that song. There's something about that song. I just fucking dig it. It's just a shit. There are a lot of great songs on that album, otherwise, though. I mean, that Agreed. one right there just kind of touches me. Where? Um, Where does it touch you? I will make some reference to a review Dirty right after that album the came out. around the bottom of a it. Local what? magazine reviewed it. And whoever reviewed it was a dumbass, and I'd like to fucking throat chop and just... Yeah, Rue Morg's never been a friend to Die Monster yeah. Die, that's for damn sure. Said a lot of shit about, you know, there's all these references to suicide. I think there's only one song on the album that really references suicide. And it's, it's a good fucking song. If you know which one it is, let me know. I dare you to pick the one that actually is about killing yourself. Hmm. Um, this is suicide, that's other right. Other than that, um, yeah, I think they made one statement. I'm going to end with that. Killing. You're still, wait a minute, let me rephrase that. Suicide is, wow, shit, I am really drunk. Suicide is not the answer. Killing yourself is. That's what it was. Good night, gentlemen. Love you. Talk to you later. Nice, dude. <laughs> nice, dude. We'll give him the Elvis leaving the stage. <laughs> All right, uh, we had uh, Jake the Snake call in. Jake. I can change Jake the Snake here. What's up, Jake? Uh, I hope that I get this in on time. God, I don't know why. I've been really slacking when it comes to getting the voicemails in on time. Get them on me. time. It makes my life easier. I'm just a lazy bastard. <laughs> what can I say? It happens. So, anyway, uh, question of the episode. Music and movies I like to watch during the Halloween season. Oh, where do I begin? Oh, dear. Music? Well, you know, I like to listen to some good horror movie score like well john carpenter's a fog of course a good one to listen oh, to yeah, the fog. every that's, halloween that's a solid one and you know then 
bands like the Misfits and the horror scene band, including uh, a very new one, Madding Chew, who my collection band called Die Monster Die. You heard of them? Uh, yeah. You're smart. <laughs> Brownie <laughs> smart right guy. there. And of course, I like to listen to some just heavy metal. Oh, I just go with it, you know, if you, I mean, like Cradle of Filth, those kind of bands, now movies. Who I don't know where to begin with this. Well, mainly the movies have to be like in a fall type setting, you know, just for that kind of atmosphere. So, you know, like, I'm not going to watch a Friday the 13th movie during the Halloween season. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, too summery. Oh, that's oh, a good point. I mean, that's a good point. See, let me look through my collection, see what kind of movies I watch. Well, a few good Stephen King movies, The Dark Cap and Pet Cemetery. Oh, I don't yes. want to be buried. Guys? In Pet uh, Cemetery. Mike, did you ever talk about those movies during the Cadaver Lab days? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been a long Maybe time, man. Movies to add to the collection. Okay. <laughs> Pet Cemetery, I think, is one that we should definitely yeah. add. Actually. I don't know where the hell that came from, but Turn of the Living Dead, that's a good one, too. Pet book, Cemetery book? The Fog, as one, I already yeah, mentioned. Book, Pet Cemetery. The Exorcist. Do we oh, I cannot wait for that do discussion. Pet Cemetery and Ooh, boy. the book. Um, not, that's what we did for exorcists. Oh, why is it escaping my mind right now? Um, it's a movie about this guy in a white mask stalks a baby. Halloween, yeah, yeah. I think the woman from those Activia commercials might be <laughs> in it as well. Don't quote me, I'm not sure. sure. I'm just kidding, yeah. I mean, you cannot have a Halloween season without watching the original and the best movie of all time, Halloween. Oh, and really? He went and saw it in the, the theater. Do. Oh, he saw the pretty good. Yeah. Might be a matter of opinion, but I can dig him. Okay, so that's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. Good Bye-bye, enough for boys. me, man. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Dude, that, so you know what? I mean, the classics is, I guess, what he's saying. The yeah. classics. Oh, there are yeah. some classics. You know, one of these days, I, I should share my opinion about the whole Halloween franchise, but not this, yeah. not, not right now, because we have so much to get through. One of these days, we'll do it. I don't, I can't remember if we did that on the Cadaver Lab or anything. I don't, I don't think we did. So maybe one day we'll have to do that. That one. would be sweet. Why not? Why not? I'll, I'll save all my thoughts about it for then. Okay. If it ever comes around. James called in three times. Thrysenstein. But his last two are really short. So let's get in. Let, let's just get started with Jameson. Hola, mi amigos. It's James calling in, reporting live from my place of employment. Why you ask? Well, I'm winning a pretty gnarly game of hide-and-seek with my boss. I don't know how much longer that's going to last. The guy's like a freaking ninja and pops up out of nowhere. Yeah, we're going to need you to episode, work on What do we listen to and what do we watch? Yeah. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. However, Mr. Cadaver, i got a, a couple of things I'm going to call you out on. Oh, well, shit. maybe just one thing, but... Oh, holy paranormal activities. Here he comes. I'll have to call back later. <laughs> and he did call back, so here he goes. Uh-oh. And holy What's up, guys? It's James up. again. <laughs> Turns out power of persuasion actually kind of works around here. I explained to my boss that listening to you guys through my iPod and calling into the Corpse Cast line 
actually is therapeutic for me and makes me play well with others. Oh, absolutely nice. Says, okay, whatever, do what you want to do. Yeah, <laughs> I guess persuasion, like I said, is a pretty good thing, especially with him, because playing hide-and-seek with him, oh, man, I don't know. That's I'm not weird at all, dude. You can hear that. As he was, and I didn't want like, that on my oh, conscience the rest of the day. Good. Anyway, a couple things. Can we'll give a shout-out to Monstar on the Facebook group the other night. Oh, we yeah, had a really decent, uh, Facebook chat. His reaction to the trailer I sent to him for... August Underground was priceless. Oh. Anyway, shout out to him. What's up, buddy? Um, let's see. Well, it's oh, on yeah. our list, by the way. You're going to be blown away. Out Mr. Cadaver. Yo. Earlier today, I was listening to some older Cadaver Lab episodes, and on one of them, oh, shit. I believe it was with Sam. It could have been Johnny. Oh, shit. You had mentioned that trunk or treating sucks. Yes. Now, last episode, you said trunk or treating was, was you know, really good. Okay, pause. This leaves me... Okay, pause, pause, pause. Okay, listen. We're doing... Actually, we're doing some trunk or treat tomorrow night, okay? Uh But, uh, you know, with the good old church get-together and whatever, we're we're doing that thing. But the thing is, is that's fine because it's on a Saturday. It's not actually on a... I get, get, like, economically, it's great because you only have to walk a few feet to get the trunk or treat and whatnot. But let me tell you something. It takes away from the... It it still takes away from the... uh, you know, the fun time, whatever, uh, you know, trick-or-treating, going around till night. Sure, but the yes. thing is, is, my kids right now are so young that it's like, you know, that's fine for me now. You know, that's fine for me right now. But if I were a kid, I'd think it was balls, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Well, I mean, and and you said, dude, didn't you say that you take a the trick-or-treat, then you jump over the fence and you head out to hit the streets? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the, the thing is, is one of our Halloween... Uh, one of our Halloween things. Well, this year they're actually doing trunk or treat on Saturday, which is not even really Halloween. We're so we're doing that tomorrow night, and then we're taking them real trick or treating on Wednesday. So that that's a whole Good. different thing. Usually, when you know the sometimes when we've done the trunk or treat, you know the kids get all like whatever, and they get bored of it of trick or treating because they've been so young. But all I'm saying is for older kids, it's not the same. Anyways, plus I've gotten older. Those Cadaver Lab episodes, I can change my mind. Come on. Question is to what is it? Is it good or bad? I mean, I kind of need to know. You know, I don't want to break my children's heart saying, "Hey, we're going to go trunk or treating," but Mike said it sucks. It I'm going to place all that blame on you just because. Well, wait till it's, wait till they get, when they get older and they're going out by themselves. Trunk or treat you know, sucks. Deserve it, whether they do or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, where else was I? Oh, yes, I have my list right here in front of me. Music for listening to Halloween. Plus, I pause it again. Plus. Who's listening to those old Cadaver Lab episodes? Here's what I would say Uh, to that. Okay. Irma Gersh, James, I've got the answer for you. Oh, well, Shane's wise. Trust your lower back. (laughs) Okay. If your lower back says, let's get this done, let's get the kids through it, take them truck or treat. I think for young kids, it's best. If you are ready for the long haul, ready to walk, ready to talk, ready to mumble and rumble in the jungle... (laughs) <laughs> and your lower back is holding out. Take them down the streets. Take them to the. You take it to the streets, take, just like the Doobie Brothers. Taking it to the streets. There take you go. Take it to the streets. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go back to when I was a kid. I guess trunk or treat was something. The Monster Mash. He used to come on every morning before school, and I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. Absolutely. Used to think it was for quite a while, and then you know, once I discovered him. And the Darklight album. That's mm. pretty much what I listen to. Oh, I love that album. Leading up I mean, to Halloween just because, you know, it, it has that feel to it. To me, it does. It it's may got not that gothy, vampire I've heard film. some of it. We're going to put Darklight from him okay, 13, on the list. Do it, dude. For some 
stupid reason beyond me, I really couldn't tell you. I will watch them on like AMC or you know the Thriller Channel. I don't know, even though I have every one of them on DVD, I it's just easier, I guess, at the time to watch them on TV because I'm lazy and that's just you know how it works. Shit happens. Nowadays, it's paranormal activities. I know you're getting tired of hearing me praise paranormal activities. I love it. Hey, I love them, and that's you know what works for me. A couple of other things. Apparently, old Dick Farm, Ian, <laughs> wasn't real fond of the voicemail that he quote-unquote left. Oh, uh, yeah. He left it. After Weird. being informed that there was a good possibility that I could be curb stomped <laughs> all of American History X, uh, who? I figured I'm just oh, going to go ahead and yeah, apologize. Geez. So, here we go. Teeth on the curb? Um, <laughs> dear Mr. Dick Farm Davey, I apologize for leaving a voicemail in your name. That wasn't right of me. Oh, that was you? I could have sounded a little bit more femmy, but it's just harder to, hit, harder to hit those high notes like you do, I guess. You know, my JJ isn't in nearly as much of a twist as yours is. He's calling you out. I'll like never do punk. it again. I'll be nice to you for, you know, at least until the next time I see you. And then probably Too funny. when I don't see you again, I'll bash on you some more. But that's my apology, so eat a dick. I don't care. Thing, I know that this isn't really a sports, you know, line or anything like that. Yes, but it is. Sure. On Sunday, my team, the Carolina Panthers, got beat by the Dallas Cowboys. Now, what happens? Everyone in my near vicinity are all Cowboys fans, and I made a big yeah. think about it when I found out that they were going to be playing them. Yeah. I made a bet with my old lady, the ninja, her brother, that, you know, over a hat and public <laughs> embarrassment, basically, if the Panthers lost on any stage, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Okay. So, here it is. Dallas Cowboys are good. Dallas Cowboys are great. Oh. I don't know why I would ever even think to hate on them. <laughs> Shitty rhyme. There's so much better than the Panthers. Love oh, God, I'm going to throw up. I can't even do that. But there it is. So that's it. Oh, that's all I got for right now. I don't know if I'll have anything else to call back in on. Dude, he's so, a good man for calling that in. Listen, there was one time that I had to do the, the same type of thing. I had to wear a Jabberwocky shirt to work like years and years ago. I had to wear a Jabberwocky shirt to work. It was one of the most, it was the toughest thing that I ever had to do in my life. All right, uh, not really, but still, it sucked balls. Yeah. He did call in one time, but like I said, it's a short one. What's up, guys? This is James. Thought I'd drop off a quick voicemail. And super fan just left Paranormal Activity Four a little while ago. Oh, cool! And great balls of goddamn fire! I ain't gonna lie, that movie is something else. Really? Takes I've heard mixed reviews. Up, but and that's with any of those movies. The last few minutes of that thing were so freaking intense. The hairs on my arm were standing up. Really? Whole super fan. Did you see that, Shane? The same thing. I did. I took the kids. Quite good times. I have okay. just seeing it. <laughs> It's going to grab your attention. I love those fast. movies too, yeah, so anyway, I bet I really like it. I dig those movies. I am putting four at the four spot. Oh, really? I would go. I I really liked three because I thought it was more action. I like you know, three too. Was, I liked them all. I'm, I'm, three is one. I like three. Oh, really? One is two. Two is three. two is three. And four, four is four. four. Dude, um, yeah, I'm going to go see Silent Hill on Sunday morning. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um, let's see, Katie Rott's called in a couple times. Oh, yeah! Rotten Red. Mike and Shane. It's Rot out with Rots. your twat out. Uh, I wanted Ew. to call you on the bone phone, but it gave me some security code crap, and I didn't know what that was. What? So I'm calling you on the speak pipe. 
Um, well, we're glad I you to call overcame because that. you finally reviewed something I know. Um, as anyone that listens to my show knows, I am indie rock girl. <sighs> so normally, uh, whatever you review is like, oh, okay. But I used to really be into Marilyn Manson. Oh, so cool. I have to say, I enjoyed hearing something that I know. Um, as far as Halloween traditions, you know, as a, a person who watches pretty much horror exclusively. Yeah, me too. I'm um, the same way. It's Halloween year round for me. Yep. However, um, I do get into the AMCs. Uh, I think it's. Can I pause it right real quick? I just want to say one thing. Yeah. I'm with her because I watch horror year round, yeah. but Halloween time is the only time I can actually talk my wife into watching it with me. Yeah. So, you get everybody involved. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. But okay, let's, let's, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Katie. 30 days of Halloween or something to oh, that effect. Oh, so good. Remember, it's awesome. But I usually only watch I went the to the gym week. the other day, and, and on one of those little uh, TVs, I was again, watching Halloween. I, I don't really have the taste that most yeah, horror gym, fans have. disgusting. Uh, so I just wanted to call and say, what's up? And uh, what's happy up? Halloween, motherfucker. Oh, she got cut off. That's probably why she called back. Right out with your twat out, Katie. Oh, don't say that. Hey, so it's Katie Rots again. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Gross. This is the second time that I called in twice. Yuck but who? I just wanted to say to Mike, um, uh. I messaged you on Facebook too, but American Horror Story this season is badass. Oh, number I two? I really like where they're going with it. I will, don't I spoil it because I've only seen the first the episode. First season, oh, I love the first, ep- first season. Robo's main complaint with last season was that uh, the guy jerked off in the desk on like episode oh, I two. I love it. Dylan and McDermott jerking off. I'm I'm in. I like I'm it. Saying I'll bring I'm him over. I, that out I said that last time. Jerking off on the desk. That's me. The season, so, all right. I think I'm done. This. Well, she she doesn't. I think she just doesn't know when to stop. Uh, anyway, we had uh, Kelly call in next. That's what I do. I, oh. I, I like to. I, I I wank on the table. Yeah. And then I make cookies for the office. <laughs> <laughs> That Slap the dough down. That is the most random thing I've ever heard of, dude. I got cookies for everybody. They're like, oh, these are the best fucking cookies. I've ever <laughs> and you're like, you're like, by the way, the, the protein here will, you know, if your muscles are sore, the protein in these cookies yeah, will. Don't help you. you worry about it, baby. All right, uh, Kyle called in. Hey, Mike and Shane. Um, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah! Uh, yes! Love oh, this is Kelly, not Kyle. Uh, Kelly, this is Kelly. Kelly, Kyle. I gave him his name. The, oh, cool. Uh, Killbot. Yep. Uh, Twitters. Awesome. What do you do? What's your Halloween tradition? Well, uh, I was born 35 minutes after Halloween. Oh. So we celebrate the whole birthday Halloween thing. Oh, nice. Watch some horror movies and get hammered drunk. So <laughs> Nice. Wanted to call in, tell you I love the show. and uh, Thanks, Ben. That's sweet, dude. Let me tell you That's something. That's Killbot right there. Yeah, his, his last name's Kyle, right? It's Kelly Kyle. Kyle Killbot. Kelly Kyle. He, he, Kyle he had some, uh, something like that. All I know He's is... He's got one of those twisted... Well, be, well I know I know Kyle, who he Kelly, is on Kelly, Twitter. Kyle. I know I know who he is, so... But I, I gave him his name. Killbot. I got to mess up. But Killbot, there you go. Shane, is, you're the progenitor of Killbot, huh? Yeah. Thanks for calling in. By the way, I love it when people say... Long-time listener, first-time caller. For first-time calls, I love it. All right, uh, listen, this is a not a first-time caller, but she is a long-time listener. Uh, Lauren. Hi, Mike and Shane. It's Lauren. I'm, um, feel Death like Rattle, Lauren. Cold, but I thought... Death Rattle, new podcast. Leave a bonus message anyway. Um, yeah, I think I already blew my wad on the exorcist um, <laughs> message last week, um, but... About that, but and I'm looking forward to you guys, that's hear weird. your guys' review. 
and um, I really enjoyed last week's episode. You guys seem to have like really um, we flowed, you know, good chemistry flowed going. We're just being dumbasses. And Can we um, flow and ab really nicely. You know, <laughs> what else? I'm I'm standing on the street. Um, I am looking forward to seeing the Halloween in oh, yeah. the theaters. Yep. Um, like 1978 Halloween um, in the theater next week. I think next Wednesday. Nice. The day before Halloween. Tuesday. And um, yeah, I'm going to try and get those Exorcist Stairs pictures this weekend. Oh, you... and uh, awesome. Do that. Post yeah, those. I am. Um, I got to see that, Lauren. I have to see um, those pictures. Encouragement on the Death Rattle casting. Yes. It went live. And so I've had. Um, Lauren knows her shit. All the. Anybody who listened to it is a Corchcast fan. So. Well, they're not Death Rattle fans. Um, yeah. Plus, we don't have fans. We have listeners. And, uh, exactly. Yeah, thank you, will, sir. Uh, yes, you're welcome. forward to hearing the next episode. Friends. Yes. And exactly. look out for some Exorcist Stairs picks um, nice. this week on the Facebook page. All right. Bye. Awesome. Uh, well, the, I can't wait for those because you know what? I wish, you know, we, we had Halloween, I think it was four or five that was filmed here. Yeah. And I've taken a trek up to the avenues where that was filmed and checked it all out. It's, it's like, I don't want to be weird, but it's really cool to kind of just I know see it what's is. going on. It's so cool. I love that kind of shit. And just thinking. If she posted those pictures up, I love seeing all that. I do too. I do too. And, and I'll actually talk about some of the stuff that was one of the extras on the Blu-ray that I watched of The Exorcist where they have it then and now. It is, looks exactly the same still mm. to this day. Well, to 2010, which is, I don't sure. know, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, I don't know who called in next. It was a mystery man. Mystery man. Here he is. Isolation years. I know. Aaron. No, I don't know. Isolation years. Probably. <laughs> I know it is. Isolation years. Isolation years. Yeah, you. I wasted that one so bad. I know. Oh, my hell. I, I still had wasted years from, I know. from Iron Maiden. But that's understandable. Man. Oh, that's my a gosh. beautiful tune. It is, but you know what? I still feel terrible. Thank you for bringing that up, Aaron or Mystery Man or whoever that was. Uh, we have another first-time caller, Ray from California. Holy shit! Shane, Mike, this is Ray from California. Yo! Uh, first-time caller, long-time listener. Thank you! Yes! Uh, I called in today because I'm hungover as fuck. <laughs> I think this is Monster. Uh, I don't want to be at work right now, so I'm hiding in the cooler. <laughs> um, Monster Rojas. Everyone's hiding out from work listening uh, to us. See, we love questions it. of the week. The <laughs> uh, only ones I can remember is... Uh, uh, Halloween traditions, uh, many years. Halloween traditions in my family have always been, you know, trick or treating. Of course. Handing out candy to the kids. Love that stuff. Uh, last six years or so, going to Santa Cruz, California, and enjoying the events they have over there. Oh, cool. Lost um, Boy shit. Excited about a flick. I haven't been excited about a flick coming out for, for years. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I think the last one I was excited about was uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yep, me too, brother. Awesome. Tell you something, uh, an old bastard now. I think Look everything sucks. So. You guys are twins. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, wish. He's handsome. What else? What's last week's question of the week? Um, kind of music I listen to for Halloween, keeping the spirit. Yep. Uh, pretty much everything I listen to is Halloween related. From I, I'm the same uh, way. Monster Guy, my favorite horror band of all time. No, whoa, uh, Bless you. Bless yourself. <laughs> uh, that was a win. That's why I sing Autograph. Other comments you think you think. 
Oh, one big thing that bothered me <laughs> for, uh, I forgot what it was, the Die, Monster, Die episode. They covered Die, Monster, Die album. Oh, dear. Isn't Die, Monster, Die big, and they should be. Agreed. You're right, they should be. They should be huge. They should be one of the biggest bands around. I know. Well, awesome. Why aren't they? Well, I think about it. Uh, probably for the last 10 years plus or so, the biggest, biggest enemy of the musician at one time was the biggest ally, the Internet. Yep. Uh, thanks to the Internet and everybody having access to everything without having to pay for it, it's, you know, it's crushed the music industry. You think so that's bands true? like Die Monster Die didn't get their full shot that they should have. You know, no one's promoting, they should be no millionaires. One's he should be too good band. to talk to me. Um, which is a bummer. Yep. Pretty discouraging, but I'm glad Die Monster Die stuck it out for all these years. They're raging on. Always. Um, Forever and always. It. Awesome. Got to get back to work. <laughs> Love that, uh, Ray. I think, I think he's just gas. I think he's getting too cold. I really listen to. Uh, awesome, right, man. Well, that made me feel good. I hope he calls in more. I do too, Ray. What, or, or shall I call you a monster? What, uh, what? He has the no on no. I mean, he really has his finger on the pulse. And he made me feel really good. He made yeah. me feel good because he, because he understands, like me, that DMD should be huge. No, DMD he listens to the show. And well, that's that, cool. that too. That's, that's, that's cool. But the thing is, is we're just dumbasses doing this show. That's real art, man. That's real heart and sweat well, and soul. You know, and yes, you're right. I know, dude. Yes, I'm you are right. right. I don't, I don't know. I, we, this it is, is. This is the 40th episode. I don't know how you don't know that I'm always right yet, okay? But whatever. <sighs> I know. We'll, we'll move forward. I, I, uh, I worry about that every fucking time I sit here. Sure. Uh, the next one, I have it tagged Sober Dan. Oh, Sober Dan. Oh, yeah. nice. uh, hey, guys. This is uh, Sober Dan. <laughs> uh, I want to redo on my first call to the Bone Song. That was last week I that we played last week. remember the first one. <laughs> I love it. I, uh, I know was drinking. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> and I was sitting down, enjoying some video games and vodka, and I got yes, up. you do. Sure. I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot to call the bone phone today. Uh, we're so glad you remember. That was the day I planned to do it. And uh, I stood up and started walking around, and any drinker knows that phenomenon. When you've been sitting <laughs> drinking down a stand-up, and you're like, oh, fuck, where am I? <laughs> I went in the kitchen, saw what time it was, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to get up early tomorrow. Uh, I said, I got to make this quick, and it fucking short-circuited my drunk mind. Uh, and that's the last thing I remember. Well, we loved the call uh, last week. Although I vaguely remember using the phrase naughty bits in reference to genitalia. <laughs> yes. And being that I was that drunk, I probably offered to suck somebody's dick. Oh, if it was only uh, if it was mine, I, I really loved it. I had to guess who. I guess probably either Shane or GP. <laughs> yeah. GP. Why not, fellas? Put it in my mouth. GP, you choke. Uh, put it in my mouth. I really hope you don't fucking play that first. Too late. That was last week. You know when it's really Because I'm scrambling trying to remember it's everything funny. I wanted to say. It's uh, funny because he hit me up on Facebook. He's like, dude, don't play that one. I'm like, see. sorry, man. We already played yeah, fucking, it. I can't it's already in. recall any of it. Um, I know that I did want to thank everybody, like the entire group. Everybody's fucking awesome. And I always look forward to read what people have posted and shit. Yeah, on the Facebook uh, group. We love it. I know I want to thank Lauren for setting up the Skype call. It's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, we got to do well, that. <laughs> well, I was conscious anyways. I had a good time. <laughs> um, 
What the fuck else? <laughs> I don't remember. I love it when but people anyway. forget halfway through the call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, I hope you don't fucking play the, the first note. Too late, bro. You probably just did. <laughs> I'll be too fucking. I'm not ashamed of the fucking silly shit I do. Good for you. Stand so up. I can remember it. Stand up for yourself. So I can't remember it. I'm like, oh fuck. I don't remember what it being that do? bad anyway. Uh, God, dude, everything he he's fine. You're fine. Anyways, it's uh, your self consciousness. Uh, I think that's about it. <laughs> you need to be. Don't uh, worry about that. Absolutely. Yeah. F- oh, question of the episode. I, fuck, I don't remember it now. So I can't imagine I did then. But fuck. Fuck if I know. God, I'd be terrified to listen to that fucking mess. Um, oh, dude, I love right, it. Looking forward to the show, guys. Keep it up. Awesome, Dan. Thanks love for calling it. in, man. Oh, that's that was so funny. Stan, as sober Dan, sober drunk Dan. Dan. Drunk we Dan get all of Dan last week. Yeah, we get all of Dan. I can't. You know what, Dan? Call in in your mini incarnations. We were gonna play that. Okay? Yeah. All right. Uh, the Wolfman called in a couple times. Oh, I love a Wolfie. Me too. Hey, and I like guys. this article. Here's the Wolfman again, calling in from just getting out of a showing of Paranormal Activity 4. Curious uh, about yeah. this. First yes. off, I would like to congratulate the Marcus Eastgate Theater for having somebody get up there in the middle of the commercials before the movie and make not one but two announcements oh. that anyone who was talking yes. or using the cell during the film would be escorted Executed. out along oh. with the rest of their group. <laughs> If they were part of a group that had come in with Thank no you. refund, you know what? That is what should happen. I'm I would pay. Sure how much I would pay more money for that. The, uh, remarkably well-behaved audience, but like I said, nice. remarkably well-behaved. Excellent. They're not as this film. Yeah. it's not as good as as uh, Fuck them people. <laughs> it, but then it's the fourth film in the freaking franchise. What right. do you expect out of it? Exactly. Well, apparently what you expect is largely what we've come to expect from the paranormal activity formula. People start filming everything around their house because they're getting a smidge on the paranoid side about, oh, little teeny things like, oh, invisible shapes moving around and just leaving outlines behind, noises in the house, sharp objects flying around, and, uh... Well, you spend basically the first 75 minutes or so of the 91-minute movie getting the ever-loving heebie-jeebies creeped out of you. And then the last 10 to 15 minutes, they really cut loose. And do they ever this time? I have seen all three of the... Actually, now all four of the paranormal activities in theaters. If not opening day, then close to when I could. And granted, this was the largest audience that I had. This was also the only audience that ended the film with three theater-wide shrieks of terror. Really? That were not wow. unjustified. Well, so, that doesn't sound so bad. I know some of the reviews are coming back bad for this one, but it's not the strongest in the series necessarily, but it's hardly the worst. And... Honestly, it did better than I was expecting it to. I am really hoping that they wrap it up pretty soon because there's only so much more they can do with the story at this point. But absolutely, and it's that. What can you do with? Anyway, I was saying that they should wrap it up after number three before that one came out, and 
Now, three worked, didn't end it. Four Agreed. worked, mm-hmm. didn't end it. So maybe they'll actually be able to make five workouts. I think, I think they're already, okay, they're already making five, right? I will tell well, you this. Here's the Wolfman, and I will probably call you back sometime later in the week once I have actually heard the episode. You actually did, so that's good. But let's, good let's hear your Talk thoughts, you Machine. I, I, I will say this about it. No, by far, it was not my favorite. Okay. But they're going to milk this sucker for everything it's worth. Well, just like every other franchise Without giving away, without giving away Mm -hmm. a single smidgen of the movie, I will say by the end of the movie, there is three avenues they could actually branch out into. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that actually, that actually moves right, right well into the question for this episode, which is perfect, but obviously we're going to save that. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Wolfman called in again, so let's hear what he has, what he has to say. 30 second delay between hitting the number and hearing the dial tone. Oh man, sorry. I guess there must be something going on with the phone here. Well, anyways, (laughs) guys, this here is the Wolfman calling in and wanted to answer your question of the week. I'm going to have to keep it a bit short this time, because this is the on-the-road edition, I suppose you might say. <laughs> sure. But uh, let's see here. Halloween watch and listen list. Well, the listen list is probably easier. Most anything by Knox Arcana. I've been listening to him. their Buzzworks albums or Blackthorn Asylum, Dark, Dark Lord I've been listening Manor. to a lot of that with the kids. They really, just about anything they put out, except the for the Winter's Trilogy, which is more Christmas material, fits quite nicely for Halloween. As for uh, other groups, um, Midnight Syndicate's always a perennial favorite Yeah, I've of mine. been playing that, too. It's good In stuff. In particular, the 13th Hour and... I play the Diablo uh, soundtrack because I love one. that one Ace so much. Delirium. Though that particular duology making up the Habergast saga was a definite favorite of mine, given that it has the whole uh, bad place, haunted house thing going on, as well as the haunted asylum routine. Nice. What can I say? It's a weak spot of mine. <laughs> as for favorites to watch, I think the main one that bears mentioning that I don't think anyone else is going to bring up I've always had a weak spot for uh, Grinch Night, of all things. Not How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but uh, sometimes it's called Grinch Night, sometimes it's Halloween is Grinch Night. I don't know if I've ever even heard of it. This is a trippy little animated piece. So he would be right on the money. I don't know, I just don't know what it would do to you if you watched it stoned. (laughs) I will never know. Maybe we'll find out this year. Anyways, this here's the Wolfman, and I will talk to y'all oh, later when I hear a little the marijuana. next question to answer. <laughs> By the way, Wolfie, thank you so much for putting up your post. Yeah. Your post from... Uh, I enjoy oh, reading so that stuff. shit. You know, and I don't... Like you, like you said, he, he was a little bit afraid that I was going to lynch him for some of the stuff he said about slashers. I think it's all good, you know? But but the one thing that you can always guarantee that Wolfman's going to provide is well thought out reason absolutely, dude. The, his opinions, and that you know, that's, I will I, every time he. I, I I want to persuade him to keep doing that because yeah, I it. read every single one of those and enjoy them. And I keep trying to think to myself, man, I just got to find more time. I want to make the site more, you know, more little pieces like that, more movie reviews, stuff like that. I just don't have time to do it. I enjoy know? reading all that but stuff. But Wolfman that he comes through and has done a great job. Wolfie, we love you so much. Very, we very feel much. like you're part of the Corpse Collective, part of the Corpse Cast, and yeah. we love you, man. 
appreciate it. We have one more voicemail to go. Okay. Aaron. Aaron. I'm back in Aaron. Question of the episode, <laughs> episode 40. What is your Halloween time 40. viewing and music to get in the mood? Mm. In the butt. mood. Let me think. Playing that? I guess that's part of it. Um, I went looking for trouble. A huge one for me is Donzig. You guys should have reviewed Donzig Three: How the Gods Kill. That's up to Shane. Shane, put that on. Of their badassery. Oh yeah, they call us death. Wicked album. Nice. Uh, Johnny was talking. At some point, I'm going to start transcribing more of that for guitar. I've only done one song so far. So that uh, was Misfits, of course. Cool. I'm sure everyone's awesome. already mentioned that, and that's yep. been done to death. That's some Misfits. And some black metal. The only good mm. thing to come out of French Canada. French Canadian black metal. <laughs> Three black metal bands I listen to. Uh, Gris, cool. Sombre Forêt, and Misere Lumini. Ooh, uh, ooh, not the Hot Topic. Gay Gothic that's metal. That's where I put under my black metal. <laughs> One of my favorite <laughs> albums to listen to around this time. Maybe I don't know you guys could review it if you want to. Listen up, uh, Shane. Paradise Lost. Oh, third album, yeah. Shades of God. Oh, I like some Paradise. Like, I do. I like Paradise Death, Lost a lot. Gothic, whatever the fuck. I think you might like it, Mike. Uh, I don't yeah, know about Shaneel. Whatever, bitch. There's a band Michael, called. I'm gonna pull a Shaneel right here and ask wait, you to refrain. Wait, I'll pause it. I'll pause it. Disembowelment. Oh, okay. You got four songs. Okay. On this disc. Okay. And they are literally 20 minutes a piece. Oh, no way. And it is sludge fucking goth. Throw it on, God dude. Damn. Throw it on. Let's do it. I, I am down for 20 all 20-minute tunes, stuff. four songs, Why not? Song. Why not? Let's all do right. it. Do we it. We can do it. it. It's up to we you. We can do anything we Shane, want. Shane, you have the control over you the You are holding collection. my waist right now. I'm at the front of the Titanic. <laughs> I'm hanging over with the wind blowing on my face. And you're telling me, it's okay. Oh, you can do what you want, you, baby. Shane. It is. Just let me paint That's your That's how titties. it's always been. <laughs> Let me paint your titties, and you can do whatever you want. You know what? Can I? T- Never mind. I'll, I'll, we'll skip that. But okay, well, let's get let's get back into Aaron's okay. voice. For my next, okay, I'll refrain. To your question in the episode. I'll refrain. Don't start singing when I say this. For the love of God. Okay, I'll stop. I'll, this I'll time of year, I listen to a lot of Dawkins. I huh? almost didn't mention them because I don't want Mike to start singing Dream Warriors. You guys need to review a Dawkins album because I'm pretty sure that that's the only song Mike knows is Dream Warriors. Oh, wait. Oh, you. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. Pause again. Pause again. Standing in the shadows. Breaking the chains around you. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. There's so many. Whoa. You just got lucky. No, there's so many docking songs that I feel like I, I know, but they're not coming to me right now. deadly lies. What about, uh, what about, uh, oh, my gosh. I've been hypnotized. <laughs> I come like, you know, I used to love docking, dude. Why can't I come up? I used to have their best of album rocking. Now, of course, that was back when I was 16 and shit, but okay. Sorry. Sorry. I can't come up with anything else. <laughs> um, a little necrophagia, of course. Ooh, I don't even know who that the is. Anselmo and post Anselmo era. Oh, cool. Uh, Opeth, of course, which I'm oh, sure Mike please. is going to blow his load about. Isolation oh. years, isolation years. <laughs> Orchid or morning runs. <laughs> some of my favorites, the early stuff. Oh, isolation me too. Years. Hey, shut up. Around this time of the year, I got the Evil Dead soundtrack going, oh, Halloween really? 4 soundtrack, Creep Show soundtrack, and my favorite, the Phantasm soundtrack. Oh, dude, that's okay, a good one. Now that one. that's out of the that's way. That's a good one. Uh, isolation Years. 
Shane, I know you probably feel bad about that trivia question. Yes, he should. Mike probably went home and beat his children savagely no. without mercy that I night. I flagellated him. He was bummed. I was bummed. Last episode, you guys mentioned a concept album called Kilroy Was Here by Styx. Yeah. That sounded really familiar because I don't know which came out first, but Kilroy Was Here, that sounds like a, a book called The Turner Diaries. I mean, you just replace taking away music with taking away guns. And replace ah, uppity music. I don't know what Turner Diaries is. I don't either. That's pretty much the same thing. I really? I should have looked up which came first because huh. I can I almost guarantee you, Dennis the Young album, stole that. Sure it wasn't, I, you're uh, probably right. Full out race war and uh, that was nuclear hairpiece. war eventually. <laughs> but hey, whatever. You guys are reviewing typo negative bloody kisses. Yes. And this is probably the only time of the year where I can stand listening to typo negative. I should punch uh, you in the dick. You guys are reviewing the exorcist. Mm, I'd let what? Jesus fuck me. Like, what? Would you like Jesus fuck <laughs> Dude, he's me? all about, he's, he's causing <laughs> trouble. You know he's starting some shit. Your cunting daughter. I can't wait to watch <laughs> the exorcist for the show because who doesn't like Linda Blair, especially before she got all old and weird looking. She's got a fucking vagina neck now and looks like my eighth grade teacher. Whatever. As always, you guys kick ass isolation years. Bye. Oh, dude, dude, you are a bastard. Let's see this, Let's me. Do you know what she did? You're acting daughter. Yeah. If there was ever a time to scream your ass, it's when she turns her head around like that and says, You're hunting daughter. Oh, I'm out. Dude, oh, that was great. Oh, Orphanage was for this one. All right, Aaron. Oh, that you know what? I gotta get. I gotta catch my breath because that was funny as shit. Okay, Aaron, we're so glad you called in, man. Always, Wolfie. Everybody, thank you so much for calling in. Seriously, guys, you guys make us feel. I love good. the new callers. That makes me feel. I love good. all the callers. I love the new callers. I love the old callers. Thank you so much for calling in. It's they awesome. are part of this whole shenanigan. You know what? Without without these guys, without this voicemail section, it would be totally different. I seriously. There's so that. much uh, enjoyment you get and it, it, conversation that listen, gets rolling from it. It pumps me up. This, you know what? It, a lot of podcasts kind of have a quote unquote warm up. You know, topic yeah. where they talk about this is my warm up, man. This is what gets me pumped to talk about this stuff. I every my t- favorite part, even to this day, I've been podcasting since 2008. But even to this day, every time I get an email and I see it's the bone phone or the speak pipe, yeah. I get stoked as it's my shit. My favorite part. Thank I you like guys to hear so from much. The peeps. Okay, so what? What? Why don't you answer the the question of the episode, man? Uh, what was the question? Are you serious? <laughs> oh, the, oh, favorite oh, movies about, and music you pull out around Halloween. It's all the regulars. Yeah, baby. it's it, it really is all the regulars. I didn't really come up with anything that great. Um, the Ninth Gate, of course. I watch out with the kids. Of course, I cover their. You eyes. love that movie. There's two parts where I cover the eyes because it gets all sexy and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> then uh, I talk about. I, I watch Sleepy Hollow. I listen to Typo Negative. But I mean. Think I'm stupid or whatever? Go ahead and do that. But I do. Halloween, <laughs> Halloween for me is all about my kids, you know. And That's, I really, because yeah. I'm a horror guy year round. Halloween, I do everything I can for the kids. I mean, we take them out to a place called just juices up your nuts more. It, it well, it just it's stoked. We go out to a place called Gardner Village here in West Jordan. Yeah, you know, we go to Archibald's to dinner. We do the they have a witches thing. They have a whole Halloween motif type of thing. Yeah. it's a nice little place. We go out there and have some fun. But with the kids, I we always watch. Nightmare Before Christmas. We always watch the original Dracula. Um, and then whatever's edited for TV on AMC. 
Um, it's funny because it's, it's pretty edited. It's too. well, the thing is, is okay. Get this. They even like do CGI panties and shit. Yeah, on and they stuff. do, and they and they or they even blur shit out yeah. and stuff. Uh, it's funny because this last week, I my wife took off and you know with her friends or whatever, and I'm sitting there watching the kids, and I have two out of my three kids in the nona room, and we're watching whatever. I don't know, I can't remember what we're doing. I go, I have to take a piss, so I walk over into the bedroom, and I'm walking through the bedroom, and there's my youngest watching Friday the Thirteenth Part like four or something. I, I don't yeah. even remember which one it was. He's hiding under the blankets, and his eyes are barely showing. He's scared as shit. Oh, it made me laugh so hard. That, yeah, it it's just such good stuff. Hell man. yeah. Oh, you know, and the thing is, is I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Here in a few years, son, we are... You know what? Can I tell you a funny story? I wish you would. We went to see... me. I took my boy to see Paranormal 4. Okay. And there's only been two times where I've went, you were visibly rocked, Uh weren't you? Uh And that was like... He hasn't seen The Exorcist. Okay. But he's seen images of Reagan where he's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not proper. That's not good. (laughs) You know, where it kind of... You can see it kind of going through his brain. Sure. So we're sitting there, and the previews come on for Guillermo... Oh, the Gurgle Gurgle del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And the... Preview comes out. Doesn't show really anything. No, but anything. it looks good. The movie it looks, looks good. really good. Yeah. But I look over at him and I'm like, I'm I'm getting ready to give him the huh? What uh-huh. do you think of that? Uh-huh. And he's kind of going like <laughs> I'm trying he's trying to collect himself. So and I was like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> good that for was him. that but was a solid I That's mean, what horror's all about. Getting that scared and excited feeling, man. That's and he's like a ninety year old Jewish guy. Sure. He is. And he's be, like, No, no, be, be I'm, careful. I'm, I'm Let's right. not make Arnie Schmechtel call back no, but in, okay? He, but he's like, No, I'm I'm okay. I was just kind of thrown out of my game for a minute, sure, but I'm fine. I was sure. like, dude. And I go, no, serious. Dude, what do you think of that preview? Right. And he was just kind of going, I, you know, I'm just trying to get myself set back into a place here. Oh, and great. I was just like, so that's impressive to me. Cool. That's what my standard cool. is. If, if it I look scares at my, the shit if out I look of your at kid. my kid and he freaks, uh-huh. it's like, that's going to be a good movie. Oh, that's great. I do have one new thing, one new album I've been listening to a lot. Me and my daughter have really gotten into this album, except for I always skip uh, I'm in League with the Devil because that's a little weird. But the other, you know, that oh, whole yeah. album we did, what I can't, what was the album called? New in, Blood. New Blood? Yeah. And like every day when we when I drive her to school, it's like we're like, them. You know, oh, I sing I that. I love that. I song. love that. And we and we'll listen to Transylvania and all the other ones. It's so good stuff. Does she really love it, or is she just like, oh my god, my dad? No, I no. Just, well, I, I got to get to school, listen to. I don't know if different. she's loving it or not, but we're having fun. Yeah. And and it's it's daughter and daddy singing. We're having a fun time. Yeah. You know, if she doesn't love the music, she loves the fun times that we have. Exactly. And that's what it's really all about. Question for the next episode. Okay. This one, Aaron, uh, uh, Dollar Movie Drive-In, uh, Friday Night Frights, Aaron, actually gave this one to me. And this is a pretty good one, I think. All so right. I think it's pretty good to, to uh, I think it's a good timing for this one, especially uh, since we've been talking about Paranormal Activity 4. Okay. Um, but here it is. I'm just going to read it exactly how he put it on the Facebook group. I've got a good question for you, maybe even a question of the week. Indeed, it became a question of the week. And here it is. Anyway. In all of the major horror franchises, uh, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, or whatever, when do you think they should have stopped, if you think they should have at all, to make the series better? That's good. Okay, so that's the question coming up for next episode. Um, other than that, man, I'm stoked as shit to start talking about some typo negative. Doom, 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 doom,
trouble. And boy, I found out. Yes! All right, All right we'll be right back. Good.
What's wrong with you, Demi? Typeonegative.net is where you find this band. We are talking about Bloody Kisses. 73 minutes and 7 seconds long. 14 tracks released August of 1993. <laughs> Do you remember the first place you, when you heard this no, album for the first dude, time? Do are you, you serious? That? Yes. Are you really bringing this up? I'm bringing because it. Because I have it in my notes. I remember the first time Tell me I ever is. listened to this thing. Okay, so... You know, me, here, here's Mike. I'm a junior in high school. Okay? Do, 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 do. I'm yeah. driving around. You know what? When I drove the Boneville, yeah. which was a well, yeah. blue Pontiac Bonneville. Okay. I was driving the Boneville. Okay. Yeah. By myself, I'm driving down to the Crossroads Mall in Salt Lake City. Uh, hot. The, the old, okay. you know, the old Crossroads Mall. I do. I'm going, I'm going through the, you know, the little parking garage and whatnot. And all of a sudden, Christian woman comes on, like the radio edit of uh, Christian woman. Yeah. And I'm like, and, it, and I, and I, as I'm driving up, I'm like, what in the shit is yeah. this? Okay, I'm driving up, and I'm just like, no way. I sat there, I listened to the whole song. It didn't have like the whole, you know, she wants to yeah, know. They, yeah, was, they had to cut that yeah. down. Uh, all that shit, every song. So I go walking into the Crossroads Mall here in Salt Lake City. I go to. What was the CD stores back then? I can't remember. Sam Goody or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, something. So I like can walk into Sam Goody and I'm like, "All right, guys, 
I just heard a song on X96. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, well, what's the name? I'm like, I don't know. So I sang it to the guys. Yeah. That's what you did. When you didn't know, you're like, I don't know. It's got a beat like this. Yeah. And I, and I go, and I literally, I went, I went, uh, she needs, you know, and I'm yeah. singing it to the guy. And they didn't know what the shit. So you know what I did? What? I said, can I use your phone? And I called up X96. And I'm like, oh, wow. And I sang and I said, you know what? You just played this song and I sang it to the guy. I, I can't remember who picked it up or whatever. Yeah. He told me who it was. I bought the tape. You bought it right I then and there. I bought it right then and there. And I played it probably straight over, you know, front side, back side, the whole way through, all the way through, over and over for a couple of weeks at least. Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah. And that's, Dude, and that's, I was driving from, I was like next to my high school on 35th South. Uh-huh. And it's uh, a raining and a storming. Perfect type of negative weather. And I slid and hit the back of this truck. But the truck was so rusted and beat and the bumper was literally tied on with wire. Oh really? And I remember I never turned the volume down uh-huh. on the album. Uh-huh. And the cop because we you know as you do you yeah, stop. Absolutely, absolutely. What do you, yeah. So the and the and the guy in front of me is like I don't give a fuck. You know? <laughs> there was no damage whatsoever. Right, right. I got a ticket for uh, speeding under the conditions of the weather. Sure. Okay. Ten months. But yeah, right, that was right, playing right. the whole time. I'm like, really? what? <laughs> what? Speeding under the conditions of the weather. It's like, I'd like to know. God. Yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, we are talking about the four dicks from Brooklyn. Ooh. The drab four. The drab four. Um, Typo Negative is a gothic metal band from Brooklyn, New York. Hey, hey you F you, you mother F you, you pig prick. <laughs> um, see, my light goes off on this thing, man. <laughs> trust me out. The tablet. Slow, heavy, musical style mixed with their depressing, sad, and dramatic, yet humorous Absolutely. and dry Sardonically lyrics. humorous. Yeah. About life and death. Helped the band gain an enormous cult following, resulting in this album becoming a platinum-selling album, right. selling over 2.2 million copies. No way. Now, it's probably way higher than that. Oh, yeah. But the point that I wanted to make with this is, this is the first official album on Roadrunner Records oh, to really? receive gold and platinum certification. Really? Okay. Um. Let's talk about some of the bands that were on that label. Okay. Okay. This is the band that broke the fucking broke the cherry. Can I can I mention one thing real quick? Yes. Is after I got, after I listened to this in 1993, I'm like, oh shit. Well, what else do they have? You know. So I went out and I bought Slow Deep and Hard and yeah. Origin of the Feces. Right. And those two albums were kind of hardcore, like New York hardcore. It's it's, it's that carnivore style. The exactly. thing was is when they when they got their record deal. Uh huh. These guys are a bunch of whatever. We don't give a fuck about nothing. Right. We don't care. Right. Roadrunner gave them a bunch of money and said, let's fucking, let's put this album together. Let's right. put this slow, deep and hard together. Oh, really? And they recorded it at Josh's house. Oh, no way. And spent a bunch of cash and got drunk and, and, and whatever, <laughs> you know, they didn't care. Sure. You know, um, but I, I wanted to talk about the bands that were in 1993. Okay, oh, okay let's do. Roadrunner. In 1993, when this album can I, went platinum. Can I guess one? Yes. I'm only guessing because they're from the same place and they kind of, not necessarily a similar sound, but was Life of Agony on there? Close. Oh, okay. They almost broke okay, it. Okay. But 
other other band deicide obituary oh, okay grunt truck sepultura okay. biohazard and annihilator all in that same year what album what album did sepultura have that year was it like Roots? it was i think it was chaos ad oh okay okay i think okay, that okay. was the album that, that but that 1993 right that's so old school. typo negative was the one that broke the fucking the oh, gold and platinum for them absolutely and that's some good bands man Spra- uh, spawned three hit singles mike do you know what those were um i'm gonna go ahead and guess it's christian woman yes i'm gonna go ahead and guess it's black number one yes and i'm gonna go ahead and guess it's bloody kisses of death in the family no oh wait wait, 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 wait. the third the third tier blood and fire Summer breeze makes Oh no way! That's a Seals and Croft Lord, remake. Yes. Oh, it's a great tune, though, dude. Um, albums that this band put out: Origin of the Feces '91, mm-hmm. Slow, Deep, and Hard. They, that's kind of a pish posh fucking mix. You know, uh, I think Slow, Deep, and Hard was their first one. I mean, that was their yeah. Total, it was yeah. It yeah. was their first release and that I mean, was mostly all just kind of hardcore type stuff in origin of the feces if uh, that was the faux live yeah album. did you ever see that cover where it's somebody's asshole and he's pulling apart his ass yes i did and then you've got bloody kisses 93. by the way by the way can i i'm sorry i know that right now uh what's his name uh i can't remember his name who keeps saying i interrupt you but he's like freaking out right now yeah but do you know that the album for slow deep and hard is a penis going into a vagina? Yes. And it's got a lot of noise on it, so you can't really tell what's going on. That's right. hot and disgusting all at the same <laughs> Mostly time. Mostly disgusting. Okay. Okay, so we've got Bloody Kisses, 93, October Rust, 96, oh, World this. Coming Down, 99, Life is Killing Me, 2003, Dead me. Again, 2007. I can't believe I died last night. I got him done again. <laughs> yeah. I do. These guys can do no wrong. In so my book. I agree. Um, shenanigans with the first album includes spending the budget on booze <laughs> and recording in Josh's basement, fake fights. There's a lot of plagiarized shit that, oh, really? they, that they did just on purpose. Okay. They just seem like, I don't know. They've got that big gothic guy. Hey, we're, we're but there's a lot of that. It's like all of their albums have this real deep, dark, depressing sound, but right. there's always that little bit that gives you the, hey, we're just kind of joking around. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, let's talk, uh, Peter, Peter Steele always, R.I.P. first off. First of let's all, R.I.P. 2010. Let's give him a, a moment of silence. R.I.P. Okay. Anyhow. <laughs> Peter Steele, he always struck me as like a gentle giant. He always struck me as this was one guy that I could see committing suicide. Well, he just seemed like well, and, and for the record, he did, quote unquote, he quote unquote did not commit suicide. Correct. He had a heart failure. Okay, that's right. how he died. But he always seemed like he every album has these like songs where he's just like man, I you know I read an interview with him where uh-huh. he was talking about how. The girls that he's met in his life, mm. he wished he never would have met. And the 10 or 20 girls that he was with on the roads, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, in their travels, right. he should have stopped playing music and married them. Really? You know? So he always seemed like this. I met the guy once, and it was I really brief. I did too. But he just, he, he, you know, yeah, he was big, muscly, and mm-hmm. but he was a sweet 
dude. And you know what's so funny is in every interview that he had, he just seemed like such a down-to-earth guy with like real-world problems that it's like, and that's what his albums were all about. I mean, I mean, obviously he was the the I, I guess inspiration behind these albums. I mean, I it, you watch like videos that they've put out, and the other guys seem like real funny, you know, whatever. Like especially later on with Kenny, or not with Kenny, with jo- uh, uh, Johnny Kelly, you know, instead yeah. of Sal being the drummer stuff like that. But it, it seemed like there, he was always kind of a tortured, like you said, some kind of a tortured giant, you know. And he was really open about all the bullshit that he yeah, had to do with dude. His life. and I think that's what you kind of have to do when you put out. I mean, every album they put out is something. You, I mean, you're with the album, man. Absolutely. It's like, oh. And that, that comes from going to that place sure. inside of you to get there. Well, and it's funny because it's like whenever I, whenever I decide, okay, well, I need to listen to some type of negative. Which album am I going to listen to? Every album, though, it's not like completely different, but there's a different vibe to every single one. This one was, half of it was really super goth. Half of it was like still kind of, they still had the hardcore type of thing. You know, yeah. you go on to October Rust and that was complete goth. Ironically. Know? Yeah. Billboard chart. Yeah. For typo negative, uh-huh. bloody kisses uh-huh. was 156. On, oh, really? Below. Where Easy O would have no charted. Way. Now let me ask you this: Why do you think they charted below Easy O? Probably the time, the timing, because I I don't know. In '93 though, that was pretty. Good. In October, Rust charted oh. at forty. Uh, you know, here, here's the thing. I do think that October Rust was probably a little bit more pop accessible because, you know, you had the songs, you had my girlfriend's girlfriend on that one. Yeah. You had, uh, uh, what was that one? Uh, Let Me Love You to Death on that one, you know, and they were yeah. really kind of great tunes, but really easy to And what do you think that Roadrunner Records was like? We just charted at platinum status right. for Bloody right, Kisses. Right, right, right. Can you do that again? And they it's were fun. already starting to go, fucking, you, right, right. You, you know. Right. And so the they, they, is, they kept some of the snark in there, but they right. went deeper and darker, and then that what? album went up. Oh, You oh, know what I mean? Where they, The thing is, I mean, let me ask you something. October Rust, yeah. that had, to me had a completely, well, not completely, but it had a really different vibe all the way through. The exactly. And then you go into World Coming Down, yeah. you know, and all, you know, in, in, the, in the ones that, that uh, you know, Dead Again and all those other albums, it's like they, they kept not necessarily redefining themselves because there's a lot of similarities, but it seemed like they were coming from a, a little bit of a different place when they recorded these. Yeah. And like, and the weird thing about it is, Bloody Kisses, they, they they hit 156 and they went platinum. That's amazing. O- over that, time, that, that one wasn't. As they high hit as 42 because Billboard charts. They went, whoa! There's this right. super burst of buyers for the album, right? right. And then it dropped off, and it took for uh, took quite a while for October Rust to kind of meet up with. Oh, really? You know, Bloody Kisses. Interesting. Okay, but I the vibe that I get from that album is that. These guys are, it's like, we hate everyone. <laughs> it's like, if you're going, yes, can you do that again, baby? Right, right, right. Whoa. And they didn't. That's the they thing. They went, no. They didn't. We're not going to do that. Right. We're going to come at it from a different, you know, there's still a little bit of comedy well, sure stuff there in there. They're still the same dudes. Yeah. But, but they are a deep, dark, depressed. I mean, that guy is the main songwriter for the Absolutely. band. And it shows all over that music. 
it's almost like he is laying his heart wide and, open. And that's amazing to me. And I wonder if that's why he had so many issues. Because, I mean, we there, there we know that during his career that he was in a mental institution. We know that he was... And I wonder if it's because he was so open about it. And, you know, he... I mean, well, it's not because he was open about it, but there was just so much shit going on. The thing is, is he was open about it. And I think that's why his albums are so great. Why I, Typo Negative's albums are so great. I totally Because he was agree. wide open about, all about it. Let's talk about the members of the band. Kenny Hickey, lead guitar, rhythm guitar, backup vocal, and lead vocal. Josh Silver, keyboard programming and backup vocal. And also Sal Abrascato. Abruschiato. Abruschiato. And he actually went on, like you were talking about, Life Life of Agony. Agony, And Johnny Kelly joined the band. Johnny Kelly was the drum tech. Yeah. Even before. So he stepped in and was like, you know what? I'm going to take this motor effort over. As a drummer, not a better guy you could put in the band than Johnny Kelly. I, I totally because agree. he he yes he worked his level his status level into the band. Sure, but dude, I would have never guessed Sal was even on that album. I would have said that's Johnny Kelly all the way really? through the beginning okay. because there's just the way those two guys play the drums. Mm-hmm. Are so similar, really, that it's like I, I. Well, and Life of Agony went on to put out some awesome albums, and you know, yeah. and, and the thing is too is is what happened when the guy from uh, and I hate everything about you remember that remember that guy what was that band uh, Ugly Kid oh, Joe oh yeah the lead singer from Ugly Kid Joe ended up taking over lead singing for Life of Agony and they no put, way yeah, and they put out they put out one album and all I can remember is one song called You're My Tangerine and it was pretty good but it wasn't I and it was not the same type of quality totally like what the other singer for Life of Agony I he was he was like this really tiny little yeah, Italian I met him. guy they were great like, little dudes <laughs> You know, yeah. he was like this, he was this little guy with a huge voice. I anyways, got the that's where he went. Yeah, I got the feeling on my wrist like I can't resist and yeah. all that stuff. Oh, you know? yeah. So Dude, good. You're in there. Okay. You're in, you're, you're in the pocket. <laughs> um, you know, we're talking about uh, Sal Abascato. Say it again. Abruschiato. And then Johnny Kelly would come along later. And, of course, Peter Steele, lead singer, bass, guitar, songwriter, and all... All over you, the place. You have to admit, anybody who knows Typo Negative, anybody who likes Typo Negative, realizes that this guy was larger than life. This guy was yeah. a singular personality, man. Six I mean, foot something. Six foot eight. Big. Six, yeah, dude. He, I mean, he made me look short. Yeah. You know, I remember, I remember shaking his hand. Remember, did I ever tell the story about how me and my wife Ember went to, uh, up to, uh, the, the heavy metal shop and it was up on 21st? Oh, yeah, South. yeah. And then he shook, you know, I, I made her come so we could get double the stuff signed. Exactly. But, and she was in her nice blouse, and whatever. Anyway, he shook my hand and I have pretty big hands. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big guy, but he shook my hand and, and his fingers were touching like, like a few inches down my wrist. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. whoa. Dude, Die Monster Die opened for them on yeah. the last tour. That's again. huge, dude. And he did not look good. Really? He sat on a stool. He had the he had the the music stand with the you know. Really? It was like whoa. Because I've been Holy watching a shit. lot. 
I've been watching a lot of like live stuff from him, you know, back, back in the, uh, you know, uh, back in the, what was it? Symphony for the Devil days. They put out that yeah. DVD. And also, I can't remember when it was, but it was more recent when he was wearing that priest's outfit with the green collar, yeah. you know, instead of. I love that collar. green and black look. Yeah. They you know, the had. thing is, is it's like he seems solid and strong, but, but you're saying here he had a, he had a stool. Yeah, dude. He was wow. not, I mean, it was, it was absolutely obvious the guy was. Oh, in not good shape. We mm-hmm. opened for it was uh, Celtic or you know I'm going to do both Celtic, Celtic or Celtic. It's not the Boston Celtic, Celtic Frost. Okay. Yeah, Celtic <laughs> Frost and Typo Negative. Mm-hmm. And when he came out, it was just like, oh man, what the? Because really? he's always been this mean, big monster, imposing figure. Singing the first time I ever on. saw Typo Negative was at the Halloween tour for Headbangers Ball. Oh, really? And it was God Flesh opening. I didn't see that. Typo one. Negative, and it was on the Black Number One tour. Uh-huh. And then uh, Danzig headlined. Oh, cool. And it was at Saltair. Oh, really? And that guy was wearing no shirt complete muscle oh, and yeah. had a oh, chain yeah. on his base yep. and was drinking wine the whole time yep. and just going, let's do this. And I was like, two drastic points, you know? I was yeah. like, wow. So you saw him there at his peak and then you saw him as, his down, as, as he was heading through his downfall. Yeah. That's a bummer. It is, but hey, let's, you know, typo negative is no stranger to horror soundtracks. No, 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 no. Let's talk a little bit about that. Blair Witch. Bride of Chucky, Blair yep, Witch. Absolutely. Yeah. I know what you did last summer. Oh, when that movie summer starts, breeze. that's the only good part of that whole movie. Too. When it's got that scene rolling over that and black it's going, lake. Well, it, that, no, no, it's it's the it's the coast, man. Yeah, it, yeah. You see the you see the the cliffs and stuff like that. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Uh, and of course the Nosferati. You know, whatever <laughs> right. the hell that right, is. Right, right. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I haven't so seen Nosferatu from 19, well, I can't remember what year. 1922. 19, something like that. Yeah, they, it, the, the sad thing is, is that would have been great. I think Typo Negative would have been great to to create a soundtrack for that. But basically all they did was throw over songs from October Rust. That's kind of what I got. For, so I, I didn't even watch the whole thing. I, I just saw that first bit with right. the tower, and, right. and I was like, eh, yeah. I... No, Agreed. Agreed. Watch it again. But what's your favorite tunes, Baby Cake? Here's the thing. If this is kind of a, a strange album, it's not strange. But there, uh, can I can I just explain? Uh, take a minute to explain what this album's all about. Yes. There are three types of of songs on this. Mm-hmm. First of all, what, how many tracks were there? Like fourteen. You 14, said fourteen. Yeah. There were some songs that were kind of filler that were not necessarily songs at all, but they were you know like the Machine Screw, right? And you had uh, Fay Ray come out and play and all the Dark Side of the Womb, yeah, stuff like that. They weren't real songs, but they just kind of put them in there for fun or whatever. Uh, that's a type a negative staple then they had their hardcore songs you know i mean they had a bunch of one thing about typo negative on this album is they had a bunch of different movements in the songs themselves yeah you know so i mean we had kill all the white people we hate everyone too late frozen you know i mean and they had a bunch of different parts but they were pretty much still kind of true to their hardcore roots but the straight up doom and gloom goth rock. Yeah. I, let me just say, I love every one of these songs, uh, on this album, except for, you know, the filler songs, like I was saying. But 
My favorite ones were the straight up doom and gloom, the Christian woman, the black number one. It's you know, in that mo- that song's so funny because it starts out really kind of slow and silly, yeah. But it goes on and it has all sorts of different parts to it that just really are awesome. You have the summer breeze and set me on fire. You have bloody kisses, which actually is a really long and slow kind of burn. Love but it. I love that song so much. Uh, bloody kisses, uh, like I said, uh, blood and fire can't lose you. You know, I mean, the thing is, is the, oh, yeah. the whole theme of loneliness and all this weird God, I just love it so much. I know? think that, I, I think, I think Bloody Kisses is where Peter decided, let's make albums yes. and not put, and not write songs. That's why you get all the little samples like, Shh, it's like, right, right. and then right, it starts, right. you know, that whole album does not, start and stop it starts and then it goes to the very end right and absolutely. i think that's even though he was not and even his voice was not as astute or as good as it's it would become i totally agree i think that with this album he went this is what we're going to try to do because you had that first fiasco where they're like fuck it we don't care right and let's just do this right and then with that they said let's start this let's roll it through right and he found out what he found his formula you know it's so funny you say that because i mean here on this album it was mostly i mean there, there's the 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 patented Peter Steele voice it's super low. Yeah. He's got the, he's but the thing is is we find out especially later that he has octaves of range in his voice. Yeah. He has all I mean he can hit all these kind of high notes and you know he's got that screech and stuff like this most of this was the across the yeah. phone, you know that low kind of whatever yeah. which is really great but it really expanded throughout uh, and October Rust gave us that where you I, went, I totally wow I, this guy knows I remember getting October Rust for the first time I was living in Pueblo Colorado at the time and I remember getting that taking it home listening to it as I'm falling asleep yeah. I listened to that shit five times a night and I shit you not the first couple weeks I had it yeah no, Dude, it, no yeah. shit all the way through. It's and so that first buzz at the beginning where you're like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this, this thing's fucked up. And then they go, hey, I hope you like that joke. Hey, uh, sorry, we're just playing a little joke on you. You know, I, I think that he found himself where, how, here, here's my favorite tense. First and foremost, death in the family. Dude. Oh, it's like it's 11 minutes like long, but man. Except for an octave lower. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, when he hits that, and it's just fading out at the very end when he goes, don't die. Yeah, we, I can't it's even like, hit it. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, just it, right now it sends the hair, the lack of hair on the back of my neck. Christian woman, oh, yeah. summer breeze. Absolutely. Frozen, can't lose you. To end the album, and it had all so that good. guitar, and then it just goes. And like that, and what, what's that album? Like that Indian kind of thing. Yeah, that sitar. Yeah. Sitar. Yep, that's it. And then it just stops. Yep. There's no. It's so you know, good. What do I you agree. call that? Crescendo, ascendo, uh, crescendo, or whatever. Yeah. Crescendo or whatever. Crescendo's it, coming up. Well, whatever the hell it is, <laughs> there's none of that. It just stops. Yeah. That's it. That's all you get. Listen, this, like I said, this is the first time I'm going to have on my head. I listened to it over and over. I love this shit. The thing is, is, I mean, and when I did this, I, when I first listened to this, I mean, it was, I felt like I was going through a lot of pain. Yeah. You know, I felt like the sardonic sense of humor really spoke to me. The album was slow and crushing. I mean, they're, they're tuned, they tune their shit to drop D and drop C, which is freaking pretty low. 
You know, and he has the voice. He has all that stuff. He has the octave range, like I said. I don't know if this is my favorite typo negative album, but the thing is, is it's funny because I feel like, even though this is the one that came out when I was 16, 17 years old, yeah. that these guys grew up with me because, you know, then we totally. went to October Rust, then we started doing this, the other ones, and it's like, I don't know how this happened, but these guys are... They they speak to me on every album, even though it's really yeah. different, and I'm at a different place in my life. That's how I feel about typo negative. I agree That's with why that. these guys tie with Opeth for my favorite band of all time. Uh, totally. I mean, they are in the top echelon. They are Absolutely. the best of the best. I agree. And let's not kid ourselves. There are people that go, I don't like tons. typo negative. Yeah, tons of people who don't. And you know what? I get it. I, I understand it because, I mean, not first of all, I understand that everybody's taste isn't the same. Second of all, if you don't get it, you're not going to get it. Yeah. You know, because. Red Water on October Rust. Red Water. I listened to that song 300 times yes. before I went, hey, there's a Christmas song. Oh, really? <laughs> Dude, even He's though. He's talking they, about Christmas. Even though they play a little God Rest Ye Merry Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But it's like, okay, I love the song so much, but it, oh, yeah. then all of a sudden it just kind of hits you where you're like, it's called, it's called Red wa- Water Christmas Morning, dude. Christmas M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. That's what it's called. I turn it on and tune out, dude. All right. All right. I okay. turn it on and tune all, out. All I'm saying is, is this band, in my opinion, is one of the greatest bands ever to walk the earth. They are, they are tied, like I said, with Opeth for my number one band. Yes. And the thing, I think there's a reason for it because they spoke to me as I grew up. Yes. And it crushed me when he died in 2010. Oh, it yeah. seems silly. I know. And that- do you remember the fake? I remember going to the website and it went out. Oh, no. And this was like two years, two years, maybe a year or two years before he died. Oh, oh yeah. But yeah. they did the whole fake where sure. it was like, Peter's dead, and it just everyone was like he died, right? You right, know, right. so this time when he died, it's like cry Ooh, wolf. It's like right. oh, whatever, exactly. You know? I don't know, but it. I mean, there's two. I mean, okay, I'm gonna get a little personal. Okay, there are two people that I cried when they died that are rock stars. Elvis Presley. Okay, I, he died like when I was one. Yeah. So okay, um, Dimebag Daryl yeah. and Peter Steele. Peter, yeah. So there you that go. was a that was a real bummer when when he died it was like and it's funny but I can't not say that I didn't see it coming no and that's the guy true was, and that's what, definitely true I want you know and I I it's like you, we were talking last time around uh-huh. about the worm and the and, right. and antichrist uh-huh. superstar right. and I almost kind of wonder sometimes listening to the catalog of uh-huh. typo negative. Uh-huh. That it's not a big, long suicide letter. Could be. Because the guy always did interviews and talked about how he would love to kill himself. Right. Or not be alive. Right. And then every single album is always had those little hints of, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be. I don't want to be me, man. I don't want to be me. Yeah. yeah exactly. Listen, and, and like it's funny because, I mean, this is only a couple of years ago, almost three years ago now or something. And I remember my wife walked in when I found out. I mean, I mean, we're, we're in the house we are now and I'm, I'm, I'm in there and I'm bawling. And I'm just, I'm reading the thing and I'm ball. There's tears coming down. I know this is so lame, people. I'm sorry, but. Hey, your heroes are your heroes. And my wife comes in and she just like freaks. She's like, 
what's wrong? What's wrong? And I told her, and she, you know what? She was so good because she came up to me. She goes, Mike, I am so sorry. Yeah. And she came up and gave me a hug. She didn't think I was stupid, and it made me feel so good. No shit. You know? Because you don't want her to go, are you fucking serious, dude? And she was so good to me. She comes up, she gives me this hug, and she's like, I'm so sorry. I know how much you loved him. I just, is there anything I can do? And I'm just like, you know, that just made Uh, it worse. Give me one of those freezer rib sandwiches. (laughs) That might help a little bit. All I'm saying is, is that was a really, a real emotional day for me. And it was, you know, and Ember was there for me and it made me feel so good. But I'll tell you what, man. I mean, this band has meant so much to me growing up. I'm a 36 year old man now. I'm a 36, I'm an old man. You're an old man. But I'll tell you what, I still listen to these albums in, in like, like I was, 16. I think that's part of Typo Negative's uh, deliciousness is Uh that you can listen to them over and over and you enjoy them the same. I don't, this is one of those bands that I listen to that I don't go, I'm going to give this a break for a while. No, I never do. It's just, every time I put it on, I go, oh God, I love it. Yep. I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little uh, verklempt. Verklempt. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, uh, what is, uh, let's bring it down. What okay. is your final call on this? Dude, without a doubt, bone saw. Yeah. With, I mean, there, I mean, there's no, even last week I called a double bone saw for this episode. Is it, but, yeah. Is it your favorite album? No. No, it's but not. But all are bone. But the thing is, every single one of their albums from Bloody Kisses on is a bone saw to me. Yeah. And, and, the, and it's not that I don't love Slow Deep and Hard and Origin of the Feces, because I do. But those didn't speak to me like the, like totally the agree with that. Did. In fact, I would even say those, I felt too much carnivore coming through. I don't think that could I don't, I, I, and I love carnivore. I, do too. I think that's his, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. But for typo negative, I like it where he comes in. It's the goth thing. Baby. I agree. Give I agree. it to me. I agree. You know, like I said, so. I'm a 36 year old man, but I still love the goth. And thing. I, I'm giving it a bone too. Good. Awesome, man. Uh, and uh, no, it's not my favorite is, album. I can say that. Well, what's but, your favorite? You know, I have a hard time picking a favorite well, album. Well, we might get to the favorite album through the episodes. Through okay, time. okay, then we'll stop there. We'll stop yeah. right there. Cool, man. Not my favorite, but it's a bone. Awesome. All right, so I've got a trivia challenge. I've got a trivia challenge. Are you are you prepared to take that on? Let's get into this, baby. Okay. You're a cheater, dude. No, I'm not. No, I'm you not. look at my notes uh, for, slightly for a minute. I was trying, no, for like a second. I was trying to oh, fix your shit, and I didn't even look. I didn't even. I didn't look, dude. Let's do this. Are thing. you ready? Yes. This is Halloween trivia. Okay. Okay. Now, according to the Billboard charts, Ooh, okay, this is six of their top ten songs you must have. Okay. In your Halloween playlist. Oh, cool. Billboard. Billboard. Okay, okay, awesome. Billboard says this is six six out of ten of their top ten. Can songs I can I say one you thing? You have to have in your playlist. I just want to say, go on the record of saying Billboard's full of shit. But let's go. Okay, relax. You're not going to suck like you did last week. <laughs> okay, all right. At least I hope not. I hope not too. It's like my question four. I'll be going. Holy shit, this guy. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. Are you are you prepared? I as prepared as I'm going to be. This one-hit wonder is the son to Motown Records founder Barry Gordy. If it wasn't for his childhood friendship with Michael Jackson, he would have remained an unknown. In this song, he says, "I'm just an life. average man with an average life. I work from nine to five. Hey, hell, I pay the price." When I take a shower, I'm afraid to wash my hair. 
Cause something, something is somebody standing there. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Who was it? And I got no privacy. Who was it? One, whoa, whoa. It, it's, it's one word. It's, like. Yes, it's one word. One word. Somebody's watching me. Oh my gosh. I listened to this song. This is on Kids Bop. With, with one of the songs Somebody's on Kids Bop. Somebody's watching me. The Halloween me. Kids Bop that I've been listening I'm to. I'm just an average man. With an average life. I work from nine to five. Hey, hell, I pay the price. All I want is to be left alone in my average home. Twilight Zone. Who is it? Michael. Oh my gosh. Somebody's watching me. And I got no privacy. Oh my gosh. How come the word will? Close. Will Ro Ra Re, Raza 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 what is it? What is Razan Ghoul <laughs> Raza Ghoul Oh my gosh Hold on Hold on Hold on Hold on Hold on Hold on Take your time Why don't you entertain the folks real quick Can I pull out my iPad real quick Do we love my You just You pulled me into your entertainment Alright I totally spaced it dude who is it? Do you know? I'm going to give it to you because you got somebody's watching me. I'm going to give you that. Okay. So, so wait, wait, wait. Do I get it? Can we sing? Turn up the radio! <laughs> Rockwell. Rockwell, shit! Yeah. But you got it, Oh, dude. my you, gosh, okay. You were singing along. You had the bit. You get uh, the point. Because it was on Kids Bop. Okay. You I know, this I ain't Jeopardy here, Thank for you. fuck's sake. You can, you know. <laughs> okay, okay, right. Rockwell, shit. Okay. So that's one. One, we're good. So you're doing good. You're doing better than you did last time. Wait, no. One more question, <laughs> you, then you'll be doing you. better. Thank you. Okay. All right, here we go. Number two. This song premiered on a 1976 album, Agents of Fortune, and has been a staple of classic rock stations worldwide. Um... An awesome song. Wait, wait. Is it Warren Zevon's Werewolf of London? No. Oh, shit. Uh, I know you're a cheater. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, no. It always makes a spooky Halloween list, but its most memorable time was when Christopher Walken asked for more cowbell on SNL. Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper. You got it. Turn the radio. Awesome. Okay, cool. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Okay. All right. So two. I'm good. And two. I'm good so far. I feel better. Good. I feel good. This song hit number one slot on the Billboard's 100 in October 1962. Shit. The artist trying to do his best Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff impression came up with the idea on a whim. Uh, became th- his biggest hit ever and is still a classic to this day. It features mad scientists whose monsters. I, I know what the song is. Monsters I, I rise from sings- the slab and create a new dance. The Monster Mash. I know that. Well, you're but getting I, the, you're, you'll get the point for that. Okay. I don't know who the band is. I have no idea. Bobby Boris Pickett. I had no idea. Yeah. You have to start it. You have to start it because I don't feel like I earned it because I don't know who sings that. Turn up the radio. Okay, I'll take it. 
right. Wait, wait, wait. You know what? That's a great song. You know what the thing yeah, is? Yeah, Monster Mash. That song is, is uh, by the way, that's a song I love, like genuinely really like. That's a song that my kids genuinely really like. There you go. Yeah. Great song. Well, that's why in 1962 it hits number one, and it's been a staple ever since. Absolutely. That shit sticks. That's 60 years. That's 50 years, dude. That's why your kid loves it, you love it, I love it, everyone loves it. parents probably love it. Yeah. There you go. Your parents are like clapping their hands all weird, like all offbeat and shaking. (laughs) Monster Mash. That's going to be me in a few years. Let's be honest. Put on the Monster Mash again. Michael, put on Monster Mash again. We want to hear that again. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's three. Okay. Three and three? I'm good. Number four. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Yeah. I already walking through the streets of Soho in the rain. Oh. He was looking for a place called Lee Ho Fucks. He was looking for a place called Gonna Lee get a big Ho bowl of beef. Chow-main. Oh, Werewolves of London. Warren right. Zevon. That's now, Warren Zevon. I know that. For yeah, extra I points. Cheat. I did not cheat, by the way. Okay. For extra points, what album? I have no clue. Excitable Boy, 1978. That, that's the only song by... There, no, no, no. There was uh, another song by Warren Zevon. Yeah, there was a couple of there was There was but. probably two. got to realize, when I worked at El Matador, we had classic rock, and that always... Matarello. El Matador... And that, yeah, that was one of the stables. Yeah. All right. Well, you're winning. That Four and four. Good job. Good job. Thanks, Mike. I want you to know that I made this easy for you because I felt so bad my, last week. You got to realize my self-esteem would have been crushed if I didn't do well on this one. Yeah, it would be <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you're right. This guy actually got his start in Barry White's Love Unlimited Orchestra really? in 1973. But his biggest claim to fame would come in 1984 for a song that ruled the airwaves. The movie, uh, let's see, the movie ended up making $284 million at the box office. Whoa, what? And it's named after a song or something? Yeah. What year did the movie come out? 1984. Okay, let me let me read it one more time. Sorry. To you. Okay, please. Do. This guy actually got started in Barry White's Love Unlimited Orchestra in 1973. His biggest claim to fame would come in 1984 from a song that ruled the airwaves. The movie went on to make 284 million dollars at the box office. In 84. Ruled the airwaves. It was everywhere. You Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Who are you gonna call, motherfucker? Who you gonna call? By the way, did you know that he ripped off uh, Huey Lewis? I want a new drug. One that made me sick. Only a white guy like you would know that, but I, I didn't know that. I want a new drug. Turn up Okay, awesome. <laughs> I'm throwing in my fat boys. I love it. All the right. Fat boys go, the so you're five and five, dude. You're doing good. How are you feeling about yourself? I like uh, myself a lot more I than know, I did this time last week. Yeah. Okay. You're, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Last one. This okay, is it. Okay. Okay. This song was originally going to be titled Starlight. It is the seventh single from a mega selling album. How mega selling? How about 110 million albums sold? It featured a voiceover from Vincent Price and a kick-ass mini-movie directorial from John Landis. 
Cause this is thriller Thriller night That's such a great album, dude. Such six a great out of six. Scene. Oh, film is so much better. And congratulations to John Landis because apparently yes. the Michael Jackson estate let their fucking assholes loose enough to give him the rights to do something DVD or oh, yeah, really? Blu-ray related oh, with good, that good video. Awesome. So thanks for unsqueezing the asshole. To let the guy that directed the video and, listen, and even, made it happen. Even though John Landis killed some people in that one movie, the Twilight Zone, the movie. Okay, yeah. we will not mention that. Hey, but we you love see that something guy. scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We won't even mention that shit. Okay, John Landis, Werewolf. Of, uh, sorry, American Werewolf in London. We love that mother effer. Okay, yep. and your favorite dude, Doctor Pepper. Be a pepper, drink uh-huh. with pepper. I do love, but Diet Doctor Pepper. Thank you. I know much. you like Diet Doctor Pepper. It but tastes better still, to me. It tastes thing. better to me. Okay, that's it. But oh, six out of six. I you better. win. I feel you're better. the big winner. I feel so much better about uh, this this week than I did last week. I I know. I can see it in your face. Let you're me like, tell you something. Ugh. Let me tell you something. Last that, week you were like, Ugh. that was that was a very cathartic experience. I feel like I really dropped the ball last week. But you know what? You know what's great about right now hmm. is the only thing we have left to talk about this episode is The Exorcist. Yeah, and well, we're going to be talking about that shit right after we play the trailer, which we're going to play. Right now. Fuck me! Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. The world of darkness. expected it. Nobody believed it. And nothing could stop it. There are no experts. You probably know as much about possession as most priests. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. Now, I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind. You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. You tell me that! The one hope. The only hope. The exorcist. Right, here's the deal, man. Here's what we got going on today. We're going to be talking about a movie that some folks may have heard of. It's called The Exorcist. It was yeah. from 1973. I just, you know, here's the thing. Okay. It is one of the most, I don't want to say popular, but one of the most widely known horror movies of all time. Right. This is the this is the movie. This is the one that tops all of your top ten scariest horror movies this is yeah the, this is the one that tops every list top 100 yeah number one the, the exorcist this is the one that your mom and your dad saw back in the day before you people were born yeah 
and they were scared. They barfed, okay? Yeah. They ran out screaming. They, they saw in the theater, okay? People were missing football games to go see this movie. You can be, you can, there's a pretty good guess that on the night when mommy and daddy were dating, you, you, were, you were not sexed. That was the night where they went, huh, let's just think about things. Well, let's, I'm not or I'd like to I'd like to add something different for some of you. It would be hot if you for, said for, I was sex that night. I uh, well, unless I had a, a, a three year um, gap. Yeah, it was a yeah. long cooker. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> dude. All I'm saying is, is unless your parents were freaky, you were not conceived the day that they saw absolutely this movie. Okay? agreed. We're going to be talking about The Exorcist from 1973. IMDb gave this an 8.1, deservedly so. Uh, directed by a guy named William Friedkin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you know what he uh, also? We we've done a movie. That he's yes. It escapes me, but I'm going to say Black Candles, or I'm going to say uh, no, 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 The Guardian. The Guardian. He directed The Garden. That's Guardian. correct. But yes. you know what else he directed? What? Blue Chips with starring oh, Shaq, yeah, Shaquille right. O'Neal. Talk, okay. Yeah, we talked about that on the, the Guardian. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so and it was written by William Peter Blatty, who actually wrote the novel and the screenplay. Yeah. And just so you know, um, I this is kind of this is kind of not necessarily intimidating, but it's kind of a little bit. It, it seems a little bit weird for us to be talking about it because it's such a huge awesome movie oh yeah there's nothing i think that we could say tonight that hasn't already been said sure there's nothing that that we can uh, it's just i mean there we could gush all over this movie it's been gushed over before but we're gonna do our best we can take it and break it down and that, I think that's what we, we got to do, man. I would, here's, here's my kind of go at it. Okay. Is if you haven't seen The Exorcist, it doesn't matter because it's been spoiled for you. You know sure. what happens. Oh, yeah. So here's oh, yes. what I say I say we spoil the shit out. We talk about The Exorcist. Absolutely. But, okay. We bring the book into the conversation, yes. but we don't give away anything. You know, to people that have not read the book, right? Don't right. we can touch on that stuff, but not give away stuff that totally leads into the book. But and I've, and I've tear the movie a lot apart. to talk about the book too, because the, yeah, mean, because not only did William Peter Blatty write the book, he wrote the screenplay for this movie, and actually he showed up, um, you know, as you know, a little bit, a tiny little part in this movie, you know, more more or less of a cameo type of deal. He showed up in the movie, but. Let's just go ahead and talk about, if you haven't seen this, I cannot believe it. I can't believe that anybody who's listening to this podcast right now has not seen this movie. I, it would, if this is the case, you are, you are the anomaly. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. Totally. But let's get right into it. This starred Ellen Burstyn as Chris McNeil. Um, it starred Jason Miller as Father Damien Karras. It, it starred Max von Sydow as Father Lancaster Marin. Uh, Linda Blair is Reagan McNeil. Uh, Lee Cobb as Shane's favorite character, a uh, Lieutenant William F. Love, Kinderman. Love him. Um, let's see. It also uh, j- just real quick. It also started uh, Mercedes McCambridge as the voice of Pazuzu. Kitty Wynn is Sharon Spencer. Is Sharon basically? Jack McGowan is Burke. Father William O'Ma- O'Malley is Father Joseph Dyer. How about that? 
Um, anyway, let, let's, okay, so we're going to go over the plot a little bit, and I know that this is probably going over whatever, I, I kind of feel weird because, I mean, this is the horror movie, man. Let, go through it. And let's, we, let's, I almost feel like we're not I'll, really. I'll hold on to your hips. Okay. You fucking make the pottery thing. <laughs> I'll just stand behind you and thrust oh, on you. You make the pottery, you make the vase. I'll just. All right, all right. we're, we're going to do our best. We're going to treat this as if it were any other movie, even though this is not any other movie. Like I said, everybody's seen this, so we won't, I, I don't know if I want to waste a ton of time going into detail about the plot. Uh, and, and, you know, it's funny because the plot itself isn't necessarily that deep, but it's a sum of an intelligent plot points that make this great. Um, you know, uh, and it's funny, too, because so many exorcism movies... Uh, that we consider to be normal horror or exorcist movies, most of the adages it used in those movies came from this film. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so many, like, tropes and whatnot that that's like, you know, back in the it didn't exist until this movie came out. Anyway, the film opens up in northern Iraq. We have Father Marin, an elderly gentleman. Uh, he's visiting an archaeological dig site where they found, you know, a silver Roman Catholic medallion and a weird small uh, stone amulet. You know, and I mean, this, this, the stone amulet comes into big, you know, ha, you know, as we're watching the movie, it doesn't really make a lot of sense what's going on. He's out there. He's in the middle of the, of the desert and whatnot. And he sees this, not only does he see this amulet that they found or, you know, a little bit of a statue. Yeah. You know, of, of, uh, right. who they find out is Pazuzu, but he also finds a full on statue of this guy with a giant boner. Right. Okay. Just, dude, when he, when he wipes away the dust. Yeah. His face instantly says, it's time. Holy shit. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. I got the, 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 the blue book, double disc Blu-ray of this. And I didn't actually just watch this movie straight up for this. I, there was a ton sure. of extras on this movie. The commentaries the, and all yeah, that. Yeah, and I watched the William Friedkin commentary. Uh, well, let's see, Which... Hey, I want to make a thing. I, I've got. I came up with a drinking game for that commentary with okay. William Freak. Okay. Every time he says juxtaposed, yeah. drink, because he <laughs> yes. loves that word. Yes, he does. He loves. That and word I kept thinking, man, I'm just get, every time he says that word, I'm right. just gonna drink it, drink it, drink it, drink <laughs> it down. Absolutely. You know what's funny is, by the way, did you ever see that Rankin Bass, The Hobbit? You know, with where Spock was uh, Gandalf. No, dude. but I want to see that. It's I've really... seen previews. Oh, dude, I mean, oh, really? I've seen like little. It's super and good. Clips. William freaking sounds exactly like uh, like uh, not Frodo, but Bilbo. He sounds God. just like Bilbo in that. By the way, so and the funny thing is, is when I was watching it and he was doing the commentary, he did you watch it with the commentary? Yeah. By the way? So he described every little detail, and it's like for a while I'm thinking, man, this guy's going into pretty. He was just, he just kept talking. He was just like narrating the whole movie. Yeah. But he brought up a lot of awesome little. Hi, this is what we were thinking while we were filming this. This is this, and I've seen this movie so many times that I probably didn't even have to watch it again. Right. You know, because I've actually watched it. We because I because I listened to the book and I've, I've watched this within the last couple of months. Yeah, you know. So, but all I'm saying is, he sounds like the hot. He sounds like Bilbo Baggins in that Rankin Bass. Uh, yeah, dude. I, yeah. Anyway, so here we go. Here's the plot. Um, okay, we already talked about Northern Iraq, but back in the good old U.S. of A., we're introduced to Damien Karras. He is a young Jesuit priest and a certified psychologist at Georgetown U in Washington D.C. 
uh, you know, and, and, and you know, as, as we get to know him a little bit better, we find out that he's going through a crisis of faith. Um, he's dealing with his mother's illness, and you know, she's yeah. she's an old woman. And, you know, she's she ends up passing away during this this movie. But we're also introduced to Chris and Reagan McNeil. Chris is a big actress filming a movie at uh, Georgetown. Uh, Reagan is a twelve year old twelve year old daughter. Possibly the sweetest, most lovable kid in any movie ever. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Um, She's, I really like the way they they set up that relationship. You know, right out of the gate, it's like you can tell that they are. It wasn't phony. I want to talk. You know, and as we're going through the plot, I want to mention one thing. There's a lot of movies where we talk about, oh, you know, there's so much character development and whatnot. Yeah. The thing is, with this movie, it's a little bit different because. Um, and, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna assume that as we're talking about this, everybody knows what we're talking about. I'm just saying that the character development in this movie, um, there was no frivolous scenes. Yeah. There was no frivolous, um, you know, uh, exchanges between actors. You know, it was all really solid character development. She you know? steals the cookies. She's laying in bed. Absolutely. Mom. It was like, yeah. You didn't have to really push that at all. It was just it seems so scenes, natural. I'm yeah. so I'm I, I'm so impressed with uh, with Linda Blair and her portrayal because she was I think she was she played a 12 year old but I think she was 14 or 15 years old when she played this. Yeah, and it's like it was so natural to me that and, and she was such a sweet young woman or a little girl or whatever that it's just like wow. I mean this is amazing to me. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, so we're introduced to those two people. Um, like I said, I mean, they're, they're basically, there's a lot of scenes where they're, they're dealing with her busy life. The fact that Reagan's father left them, they're doing normal life stuff. Um, it, the only difference is, is that they're pretty rich because, uh, Chris McNeil's, uh, an actress and stuff, and they're renting a movie in, in, uh, Georgetown. The movie does a great job of balancing the characters, meaning making every one of these characters poignant. By doing some character development, but at the same time, we don't get a lot of extraneous details. Right. You know, and stuff, you know, that, in, in my opinion, uh, th- that is a, such a, a, a delicate balance. Yeah. But in my opinion, this movie does a great job of giving us enough details, but not too much. Exactly. And not making There's it too boring. Subtlety is, is something where you go, oh, you just catch it and go, ah. Exactly. Okay. I don't need any more. Dude, you, know? you you just that's it. I mean, that's it's like those movies you see where it's a long fucking car trip to the mountains because they're gonna set up how they're right. just throwing popcorn at each. It's like right. you know they they were so good about setting everything up. They and did going, hey, just enough gotcha. so we know who these people are, so we become invested in these characters, but not too much so that we get annoyed with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the delicate balance that they did a good that uh, this movie did a good job of uh, keeping. Uh, anyway, Reagan starts to exhibit some strange behavior. She starts cursing, talking to herself, an imaginary friend. And it's funny because the whole time, you know, they're like, oh, is this related to puberty? Is it related to a lesion in her temporal lobe? You know, we have a lot of doctors yeah. and, you know, uh, and a lot of her She's doing, doing bad in her schoolwork. And- exactly. Um, you know, and they start putting her through a lot of tests, you know, a lot of like, uh, medical tests, stuff like that to see what's going on, but nothing is found. So, you know, they, they say, okay, well, if it's nothing physical, let's think of it psychological. Um, you know, she ends up assaulting her doctor and, you know, all this other stuff. And like I said, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna hurry and breeze over this real quick. The problem is, is that much of the problems that she's describing, uh, would make it unlikely that, um, 
any of these types of ailments would be causing our problems. I mean, even, you know, I mean, first of all, we had the talking to herself, but the problem is we start getting her bed shaking. She's, you know, she comes and starts complaining about her bed shaking, and uh, Chris even finds out that it's not her shaking. It's actually the bed. She climbs on the goddamn bed with the kid. Exactly, and it's shaking. And it's rattling around. It's like, that's when you go... And it all kind of comes to a head in a scene where there's a dinner party because I guess rich people get together and they have their dinners and, you know, and whatever. Um, and even though Chris is stressed out by Reagan and her medical issues, she gets a party going for the, you know, for some of the elite in the Georgetown area, in the Washington DC area. You know, she has, you know, she's having some fun times. She has the, uh, the director of her movie over. She has an astronaut over and whatnot. Um, and there's one scene where Reagan comes down and pisses on, or actually tells the astronaut, she says, you're going to die up there, and then yeah. pisses the floor. Yep. And to me, right there, that's kind of when the shit starts hitting the fan. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, well, there is something definitely let wrong. me Let me just tell you something okay. about the Ouija board scene. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead and why don't you describe that for us. Well, she goes downstairs in the basement with... Chris, her mother, mm -hmm. and she shows her the little bird that she's got. You know, right. I made this for you out of clay right. or whatever. And she's a and normal she, girl. She, normal girl. And then she pulls out the Ouija board, or mom grabs the Ouija board and goes, what's this? And she goes, right. oh, I found it in the closet or whatever. Right. The thing that I wanted to bring up about that Ouija board scene is like you were talking about with just enough information. Mm -hmm. Shit wasn't flying off the walls. No, or not yet out. at this point. All it was was just... That 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 planchette well, or whatever just kind of she's she you know she goes to the thing of right. oh let's do it together let's right, play right. the Ouija board together this is fun Tom mom is do you you know well I'm gonna play with you and then the planchette goes to no right well when, when she asks my mom pretty and it went to no and and even yeah. even then Reagan that's was like, enough even Reagan was like oh you silly Captain Howdy because that was the person who apparently you don't really want to me to play huh but I what I liked about that scene was. It was simple. Right. It was like, okay, here's, this is how it all starts or right. however it gets started. Right. And there was no big wingding about it. It was mm -hmm. mom and daughter and, just and, and it time. just moved. And it's like, whoa. And then you go, I got it. It's in the house. Right. Windows are open, blowing in. And it wasn't too blatant. Something growling. It wasn't too blatant. It wasn't over the top. It was just. It was a little ugh. taste. Something is happening. Absolutely, in the house. Do you, and, the, and you know, and the thing is, is throughout this movie, there are a lot of scenes where, it, as looking back at it, it's like, wow, that was masterful. Yeah, the way they handled this, the way they handled that. I, I agree with you that that scene where it's like, you know, if it was just Reagan and whatnot, it would be, oh yes, my mother's pretty, blah blah blah. But no, it was a little bit different. You know, it was, it was just we didn't a, expect. a lot of day, a lot of times now, it's just too overblown. Absolutely, and that was just simple. Zip and oh, got it. Something's going on. Absolutely, she's down there in the basement, which was creepy. <laughs> that you're sure. hanging out playing ping pong with yourself or Captain Howdy. <laughs> it's sure. creepy. Sure, okay. Um, back to the dinner party. Um, one of the guests there was a the like I said, the director of the film. Chris was working on his name's Burke Dannings. Um, he ends up dying in a mysterious manner. Yeah, and um, in comes Kinderman, 
who is the detective trying to, and, and basically he's introduced when Burke dies and he's trying to figure out, well, shit, I mean, let's find out if, you know, how he died. Cause it seems like it was, you know, a little bit sketchy. Let's find out what, you know, if this was actually a murder or what's going on. He comes in, he's a great character. You know, and the thing is, is, is we talk, we've talked about the book over the last few episodes and whatever, yeah. you know, and he's like, Oh, I don't want to be annoying or, or whatever, but I'm bothering you. Exactly. He, I don't know if he was like integral to the overall story because, you know, I mean, he, he was kind of a, yeah, you know, but because I mean, the rest of the story really involves the, the, the Jesuit priest, Jason Miller playing Damian Karras and father Marin, right. but he was a great, awesome character that was added to kind of keep it balanced between the spiritual and the temporal where, you know, here he is a cop just kind of doing his job and whatnot. Right. Anyhow. So, um, meanwhile, I guess in, in Reagan land, the doctors are exasperated. They don't know what's going on. She's been to physical doctors. She's been to a psychologist. They do not know what's going on. Um, you know, it's funny cause there's this one scene where they're all sitting around this, like this big conference table and one of the doctors recommends an exorcism. You know, and, and not necessarily as, hi, you know, this is a demon. You need to get exor- her exercise. But, you know, let's just bring it up. Let's, uh, let's throw it right. against the wall. Let's see how it, it lands. He's kind of snarky, too, when he's sure. talking. Well, you know, it's an old, uh, you know. Well, and, and it makes sense because he's like, listen, if these, you know, if these people think that they're possessed, you know, maybe one of the, you know, it's, it may still be a problem with the brain, but the problem is, is if they, if they get exercised and, you know, even though we're bringing a religion to this thing, maybe, just maybe, that this will kick them out of their whole neurosis yes. type of thing. And so, you know, and so, you know, Chris McNeil is just like, what in the shit? A couple of things keep happening. Chris McNeil's becoming more and more desperate because this shit isn't getting better. Over the last few days, Chris has seen Damien Karras, Father Damien Karras, and she actually says, you know, she's asked about him and whatnot to certain people around town because he just he he happens to be at the diocese or whatever. Right. I'm not really familiar with Catholic how the Catholic Church is set up or whatever, but he's he's around. I mean, Georgetown's a Catholic, a Jesuit Catholic university, apparently. You know, so he's around there, and he and, and Damien Karras is actually not only just a priest, but he's a psychologist. So they think, well, you know what? Let's bring him in. Let's see what he's got to say about the whole thing. Um, you know, and she actually makes a, an appointment with him. She talks to him to come and check it out. Uh, and then Damien comes and, and kind of does a pre-check for exorcism, meaning, you know, there are certain things that if they're true, you know, the, the basically tests, you know, kind of, kind of be around the girl, see if she's actually possessed or she's just mentally disturbed. Um, and so he comes up and he starts talking about talking, sorry, talking to the possessed Reagan, the quote unquote possessed Reagan. In my opinion, this is some of, this is the most interesting part of the movie. Um, that the, the, the process that Damien Karras goes through that convinces him that, um, Reagan is actually possessed as opposed to just being mentally disturbed. Some of those conversations were unbelievably good oh yeah some of the most best dialogue in any horror movie i have ever and i've learned something demons have to percolate okay they can't just come on heavy and go bam that would be much too vulgar display of power yeah they've (laughs) got to kind of come in through the window and then scoot in 
act kind of goofy well, and I, then start with the facial. I think what it is is they don't want to make these these priests job too easy. Yeah. Man, and they, let me ask you this. Okay. When do you think Damien said Kara said <clears throat> okay, she's possessed because he comes in you. with the holy water. Right. Do you think it was the help me on her stomach that made him go Ding. Well, and like you said, he he said he he goes in there, he claims it's holy water, he starts flicking Reagan with it, and Reagan reacted really badly. To Even the though holy she's water. talking backwards, which to me yes. is way more impressive than knowing languages that you never spoke. Well, I think that's when it is when the help me came up when she's talk when she's basically talking backwards. He goes to the language lab, he records what's going on. He he actually takes some samples of Reagan's voice and how she speaks and her 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 yeah, speech patterns yeah. and he uh compares them to you know a recording that he made while he was talking to her and he goes in there and then he sees the help me on her stomach yeah. where it's basically written there in just raised skin and it is crazy in the book it's a little bit different uh-huh. only because he's going yeah but there's letters that come up on there's traces of right. this or whatever right. you know so it takes longer to get to that point well and the book doesn't have to fit into two hours and so well, well, I, yeah, and well so sure I think that's what it is sure sure but i think that i think you're right that's where it was when it was the speech patterns when it was the when it was the help me come that it was it's like not the fact me. that she's going name me why you do this to me it's like you're he, not you know he where he's, asked, he's like did, did she know that my mother just passed away and she's like no i don't know but the thing is there's always that little piece of doubt sure. it's like yeah Chris doesn't think that she knows that my parent that my it's that, that my clinical mother, thinking of going, uh, you know, I got to go to the church and ask for an exorcism. Absolutely, I've got to be absolutely sure. Drawer opening, right? Talking in different languages, right. everything backwards. It was the help in the skin that was like to me. That's why I, I, I and I agree. That's where he went. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of a culmination of some of that stuff. Even though you know, even though some of it wasn't quite. You know, it wasn't cut and dry. You know, I mean, it wasn't like, yeah, she still freaked out at the holy water. and. Whatnot. Well, I mean, I think that he was into it from the get-go, the first okay. time he got in the room. But I'm thinking, clinically speaking, that was his moment I, where he went, holy shit. You're probably right, because, I mean, the first part of this movie, we're, we're you know, we know Father Karras, and we see some of his personal dealings. And he's going through a crisis of faith. I mean, he doesn't, he, you know, he's starting to, you know, not know if he believes in all this Catholic, you know, imagery or yeah, Catholic, is, whatever. You know, I think it's a lot of part of the movie. The priest that he's talking to in there is an actual priest. Yes. That's part yes. of the, the, the school over there. The Absolutely. Georgetown. Yep. And even O'Malley is a, is, is like, from what I was reading, he's still like a priest that's there to this day. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, because I mean, in the bar when they were talking about when he finally admits that he's losing his faith, that was you're right. That was a real priest. Yeah. Anyway, the fact that the, the the story moves on. Basically, he realizes, you know what? This the I think the only thing left to do. I think this is a true situation where an exorcism is needed. You know, and what happens is he goes to uh, his higher ups and says, "Listen." I need to get an exorcism for this girl. And the church brings in the big guns, the quote unquote big guns, Father oh, yeah. Marin. And this is, I mean, this picks up from back when, you know, we met Father Marin in the first few scenes where he was in northern Iraq. And, uh, you know, it's funny because you watch the movie and you just see him doing all this stuff. Um, 
And you find out through some of the extras, you know, some of the things that were meant to kind of portray that didn't really make it to me, meaning that, uh, that Father Marin actually left Iraq, left the archaeological dig because he found this Pazuzu statue. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? This is a sign. I need to go back. I need yeah. it back in, in uh, Washington, D.C. But that doesn't really come through in the movie. Anyhow, the bottom line is the rest of this movie is, um, Father Marin and Father Karras, um, actually performing an exorcism on Reagan. And it, you know, and, and I think one of the biggest shocking moments, or not moments, but one of the biggest shocking things of this movie is how this sweet that we've established that, that Linda Blair is this sweet young woman, this innocent young girl, you know, and by the end of the movie, she is just vile and disgusting. And she is just... Your mother sucks cocks in hell, Karis. Well, yeah, and she's so mean. And she's, you know, and all this stuff is going on where she just becomes the most vile creature. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, 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 to, and to steal a word, the juxtaposition yeah. between Reagan and Pazuzu, her Reagan being possessed, is so great that it, you know, that it really, it's hard to look back when you see... It's funny because you watch this movie... And obviously, there's going to be spoil. We're going to spoil the shit out of this movie, right? We're, we we see her. We see how she is as a little girl. We go through the movie, and she kind of gets deeper and deeper and darker and darker and yeah. more evil. But then the very last scene after the exorcisms happen, and after she's kind of you know after the demon's been exorcised, we see her again, and here she is, this innocent young girl again. Yeah, and it's like, wow, I forgot. She gives the priest a hug, like, thank yeah. you. I don't. I can't remember anything, but for some reason, thank you. So I'll tell you what, man. I mean, and that's a movie. And, and let's just say this: any exorcism movie that you've seen since 1973 takes a lot from this movie. Absolutely, this, this is the the bar. I don't know if any other movie, exorcism horror movie or not, has come back and has equaled the quality of this movie. Has equaled the 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 amount that it affects well me personally and i guess i can only speak for me so yeah. no other horror movie is, is affecting me like this than this movie um I, so i you know uh like i said i mean the father you know fa- damien Karras goes to the diocese or whatever requests an exorcism brings in father Marin, and she hits a fan we have all the you know all of the most famous scenes the power of christ compels you you know and, you know we're and we've glossed over a lot of the most disturbing scenes you know let jesus christ f you you know all those types of things 360 on the neck stuff like that there have been a lot of films about demonic possession and exorcism but in my opinion there's a reason why this one still stands out as the best one after all what is that 40 years what what is your opinion on why it stands out Oh, I'll tell you why. Uh, basically, here here's the thing. Um, this movie, first of all, was one of the first ever to tackle this subject, number one. True. Number two, it had such... It, the characters were so good. They were yeah. so well-developed. That's the William minor- Peter Blatty being on set, denying Absolutely. the first director. They had a director online for this, and he said, absolutely not, freaking right. does it. You know, and, and the, so he's there. He, he, you know, the, the author of the book wrote this movie 
uh, the screenplay for this movie, they, they, the the characters were so masterfully created. Yeah. The the situation was set. Up, it was so funny because it's like we go through a whole progression. There's a lot. There's a few different versions of this movie, but they're all around two hours. And you know, throughout this movie, you've gone through medical, you've gone through psychological, then you've gone through the supernatural. Yeah. And at the end of this movie, as you're watching this, you, I, I can, I guess I can only speak for me. I am exhausted at the end of this movie because we've done so much. I'm never bored. I'm watching this movie. I'm never, I'm never, um, you know, oh, get on with it. I'm never, you know, really. The escalation of the possession rolls sweet. I mean, there, it, it's Absolutely. like boom. Boom, level, level. It, it rolls perfectly good. It's, it's like you're never kind of dropped and dragging going, what's going to happen next? Right. It's like every time you're sitting there thinking nothing's going to happen, something else comes in. It still blows me away that this it is goes from years small old. things yes, yes, yes. to just complete holy shit at the end. Ab- you know? Absolutely. Like I said, I mean, the movie's 40 years old. It's amazing that it's 40 years old. Um, the, the story in this is, you know, I mean, if you look at it at a high level, it's not, you know, it's just, oh, some girl gets possessed and they, you know, and they go through and they exercise her. But it's much deeper than the story, than that overall story. Uh, Friedkin and Blatty do a great job of building characters, like I said, without including unnecessary and off-putting details. Every one of these characters served a purpose. They did their job great. Yeah. Some were torn, you know, good, bad, are they good, are they bad? Some were loathsome, like Burke. But everyone seemed like a real person, a person that we can identify with, or a person who we can kind of see someone that we know in, the mothers, the fathers, kids, etc. Um, who do I remind you of? Please tell me, Reagan. Reagan. Reagan, sure. Reagan. Your mother sucks. Cox and hell, Benedict. No, I'm sorry. All I'm saying is, is that these seem like true to life, real people. Yeah. Um, it, it really, I think, strikes an emotional chord. You know, even, actually, even now, more so now that I have a nine year old daughter who is, yeah, who's kind of precocious, just like Reagan was at this time, you know, and to see her at the beginning, which totally reminds me of my daughter. Dude. And then to see yeah. how, she, how she ended. It's un. There's a shout out that needs to be shouted out. Yeah. Alien or Ellen uh, Dietz, the yes. face oh, yes. of the Absolutely. black and white demon. Absolutely. Because you know that newer version where it's like, right. you get like five shots. In the sure. original version, you get maybe one. Mm-hmm. But in that later version that came out, man, that demon face. Every time I see it, I go, <laughs> God, that's creepy. It, it just, it just kind of sticks in your head and you get the little quick And also like when the door's shutting, like... I wanted to ask you about this. Did you see the, it's so quick, subliminal shot of sure. Marin's face on the window when Reagan pulls Karis's chain off and oh. he looks up at the window. Yeah. You'll see a of Marin's face. Oh, I didn't know that was Marin. Like, like jump. Really? Okay. Jump out the window. Dude, and the thing is, it's it's all those little things that make this such a masterful movie. In yeah. My opinion. Well, that's like the later version. I mean, you didn't get that. You didn't right. get the crab crawl. You didn't. Well, get the that, thing but. is, is it's like I mean, speaking of virgin or sorry, versions, versions, versions. It's like you know, I mean, obviously, I wasn't even born in '73, so I didn't really see the the original theatrical version. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, is I mean, there's been a lot of versions of this film. Some versions of the original just were you know they were redone in different aspect ratios. 
ratio, ratios and sound work, stuff like that. The DVD, the 25th anniversary DVD, contains um, an, an original ending and extended ending between Kinderman and Dyer. Oh, and, um, yeah, dude. Which they're walking away. Because the book is pretty important yes. to that bit. Absolutely. All those bits. Um, then we have the version you've never seen before, which is, seems to be the one that I seem to watch the most, you know. There was actually in 2006, uh, there was a complete anthology uh, that includes the original. This is what I have. The original, the extended version, the version I've never seen. Um, <clears throat> the version we've never seen, uh, or the version you've never seen, has a spider walk scene, you know. Cause, the crab crawl, yeah. Yeah, basically, it's funny because they say there are a couple of reasons why they took that out of the original. First of all was the fact that maybe it gave a little bit too much away too early in the movie. But really, the se- the main reason they did that is because back in 73 the wires were too obvious the wires that the girl was on were just too obvious oh really and it took a little while that's interesting for you know the 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 technology to be able to i'll tell you what every time and i don't know that it's her crawling down the stairs as much as it is chris's face oh yeah when she looks over and sees what the fuck's going on the horror that creeps me out which leads me to the point Mm -hmm. that i you could take this story and take all the supernatural out and have a girl upstairs that's changing for absolutely no... Right. You don't understand why she's changing. Right. I think what scares me the most huh? about this movie is that I'm in the house with it. Right. And it's all going on and there's nothing you can do. You, you are powerless. You love that child. Absolutely. Something is happening. Doesn't matter if it's demon or ghostly or anything. Absolutely. But I love the child. I will stick with the child. But I don't know if that child will kill me. And she's already had her meeting with Kinderman. You right. know what I mean? Right. right so right. she's obviously going... You know, he's nonchalant, but he's going a big, strong man, and she's already been, you know, she's already seen the wrath. Sure. And he's going, you know, I don't know, but, you know, I think she killed her. I think she killed Burke Dennings, and you're going, that is living upstairs while I'm downstairs. Regardless of it's supernatural or not, that is some freaky shit. Exactly. Dude, the... Watching this movie is there. I mean, and here's the thing: there are so many things that, as I watch this, I I continue to get here. There's one part specifically, um, and this is a spoiler. Um, it and I did not know this until I watched it this time. And the thing is, is I don't, I didn't know about this because I'm not Catholic, and I don't know all of the, you know, all of the ritual and whatnot. Right. But. Um, we know, and like I said, this is a spoiler. I know, we know that Karis at the end, in order to get, you know, to, to, uh, to overcome this beast, he challenges Pazuzu Take me. to leave the girl to come into him and he jumps out the window. Right. But this is one thing that I have never thought of until I saw it this time mm. and only because I watched the extras. At one point, Marin and Karis are taking a break. They're sitting there chatting or whatever. Right. And then Marin, Marin goes off on him by himself and he performs the Vatican. On himself, I'm not sure exactly what that is, but it's part of the last rites. Um, it basically ensuring that instead of dying alone, they die with Christ, so he can be saved and whatever. Okay. He performed this on himself. Right, he goes back into Reagan's room by Sees himself. Marin dead. Well, well, no, no, this is Marin. 
Marin goes by himself okay, back in okay, there, gotcha. and he goes in there, continues the exorcism, and then Karis goes in later to find him dead. So we know Ooh. we know that Marin, or sorry, that Karis went in there, and, and and he challenged the the um you know the demon to come into him, and he killed himself. But we at this point we also know that Marin knew he was going to die, that this was going to kill him. And we also right. find out that because of his, because he is actually run, we, you know, like I said, I only know this because the extras, but because he has actually encountered this demon before, yeah. that it almost killed him then, he knew it was going to kill him this time. That's but interesting. But he still like that. knew that he had to do it in order to save this girl. So both of them, in essence, became martyrs. And it's, you know, he, of course, he just died of a heart attack. Let me ask Karis, you this question. Real, real quick, Karis goes in there, and you know, in, in and Pazuzu's kind of making fun of him, kind of taunting him. Yeah, your boy's dead. Yeah, know? giggling. <laughs> exactly. And it, to me, I never got that he knew that that's what was coming, and so it kind of makes me feel the a little book, bit better for him. Yeah, the book straight up goes right. Yeah, this is all meant to be. Absolutely. You're going to die. But the movie, I'd never seen that from That's the interesting. Yes. Let me ask you this. Okay. If you're a priest and you're headed to an exorcism, let's say you're Marin. Okay. And you know that demons exist. That means that God exists. Right. So if you die in the battle, what does it matter? Well, well What does it really matter? Because you know you've got the sweetest... Well, you you got to realize you're fighting demonism at its core. All I'm saying saying is dies that, and I don't want to get too theological, theological, whatever on this. No, you don't have to. I'm just saying. All all I'm saying is this. Yeah, you're thinking I'm going to go. That's the sweetest spot you've got. I'm going to die, and I'm going to die fighting the demon. But you don't know because I mean, in any religion—well, I don't know in any religion—but especially but I'm Catholic and Christian, even if you, you go in there and your faith is what sets you free, and that's what well, I mean, that's what it's all about. But I mean, you if, don't you're, know. if you're fighting the demon and sure. you're a priest for many, many years mm-hmm. and you fought demons before, and you go out, you're combing Jesus's hair. I don't give a shit okay. what you say. I you are—you've got a prime seat i agree but you don't know that for so sure. you can go in going i have the faith well Marin always had his faith okay All there's right. there's no doubt about that because he knew what he had to do he'd fought the demons before when he heads to georgetown sure he's gonna save this girl's life but so he's got the best seat in the house but there's always doubt man there there's gotta now, always Karis, be doubt karis had a lot of doubt sure that's why Marin was like out sure Get out of the room because he was just like, I mean, when, when they're doing the exorcism, Karen right. was like, uh, Karis was like, holy fuck. Right, 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 right. And Marin was the guy going, Dang, I cast you out. Tells you. His, his faith was never doubted through the entire movie yeah. in my, in my okay. book. Okay. So okay. I think that if he's fighting demons and he wins or he loses, You're he saves the life or he, his life is taken. Sure. He is golden. If that, Jesus. if that's the case, then you're probably right. But the thing is, just think if you're him, you're going in there, you, even though your eyes tell you what you see, you know, whatever, I still think that it's not an easy task to walk in there knowing you're going to die. True. True. You know, and that's the well, thing. it's like when Karis comes into the room and he's like, I think I need to tell you about what's going on. There's three manis- manifested spirits. And he says, no, there's only right. one. He knows he sure. is a he man is of God. Yes. He knows. It's only one. I am the man. So to die 
in in battle like that is the best place to be if you're if you a believe religious that person. yes i yeah. agree i totally agree with you yeah the as far as this movie is concerned i mean we we've kind of glossed we well we haven't even talked about some of the most disturbing parts and i think we need to go over those and whatnot but let me just talk about um a couple of things real quick uh, about the uh uh about some of the extras on the DVD and stuff like that, or on the on the uh, um, Blu-ray that I watched, um, it talked about. Uh, first of all, there was a commentary, like I said, with William Friedkin. It was really, you know, it was pretty good. He really went into juxtaposed. Two, yeah, he went into pretty pretty deep into the whole thing. There was a, a little featurette called "Raising Hell: Filming the Exorcist." Tons of awesome behind-the-scenes stuff. Interviews with William Blatty, William Friedkin, Linda Blair. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's, by the way, it's young how, uh, one of the, sh- one of the most shocking things to me is, is I'm, I watched the movie, then I watched some of these extras. It's like in all these extras is they were getting ready to film this young Linda Blair had a big smile on her yeah. face. And then all of a sudden it seems like she just turned it on. I'm in acting mode and, t- you know, and be that's a sign of a good actress. Agreed. And she was only 14 or whatnot yeah. at this time. That to me, that was very impressive. Um, you know, some of the camera rigs that they put together were unbelievably complex. Um, there was one thing I did not like, uh, that, that was kind of talked about as one of the extras. Blair, Blatty, and Freakin all said that this is not a horror movie. It's much, yeah, you know, it's thriller. much, it's much Suspense. more, it's a supernatural. It's about your faith, stuff like that. They're right. Um, on one point, it's a high quality of film, horror or not. This is much more than a regular run of the mill horror movie. But it's a horror film, man. I mean, that's totally. a bottom line. I don't, I mean, I, I realize that it may not be as glamorous to be in a horror movie. This is the epitome of terror. Of, you Absolutely. Know, they, you know, they weren't really exploitative with a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, the gore stuff like that. But you have a girl jamming a crucifix in her crotch. You yeah. have, you know, you have the look of Reagan as she's possessed. That's horrifying, man. Oh, absolutely. This is a horrifying I mean, just through. horrifying just from Chris's Absolutely. Aspect. And, you know, the, she did a great Rolling job. Rolling around, loving each other, right. and then slapped in the mouth and going, fuck you. Exactly. Yeah, dude. that's horrifying, dude. And My the, kid did that. Lock him out. The, Put him outside. Again, the juxtaposition was horrifying. Yeah. Of Reagan before and Reagan after, and then Reagan after she was been exercised is like, wow. Yeah. This is unbelievable. The, the filming, the locations were great. And there was actually an extra on this, uh, on this, uh, Blu-ray that was about, oh, you know, hey, let's, let's look at Georgetown now as opposed to what it was 1973. And like I said earlier, I mean, there were so many similarities. It still looked exactly the same. And the, it's just a gorgeous place with a lot of old type buildings that just yeah. look gorgeous. And this was a perfect set for this movie, in my opinion. Oh, totally. I, I think the look and the feel of this movie is great. It was 1973, you know, and it was, and, and even in 2010, a lot of those same, a lot of the places have that same classic feel, look and feel. Uh, it's just timeless is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, you know, and also on the DV, there's tons of trailers, tons of TV spots, tons of radio spots. Um, you know, this was, uh, nominated for like 10 Academy Awards. It won two. It grossed over 441 million worldwide on yeah. a budget of 12 million. And who knows what that is now? And, and this thing that I was reading about the Exorcist, inflation. 
Oh yeah, if yeah. it was a John Wick, it would be the all-time biggest rated R Absolutely. film of all time. Nineteen seventy-three. We're talking forty years old. Yeah, and it's unbelievable to me. It, it you know, and, it, and and I and I have seen things over the years of you know the reaction to The Exorcist back in the day and stuff like that. It seemed like a whole different world back then. Of you know, the whole movie-going experience seems so. Could you different. imagine that year, dude? You got. The Exorcist, Chainsaw Massacre Ma- coming Massacre, out the next year, Jaws yep. coming out. It's like, man, what a time to go see some movies. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, man. You know what? It's funny because it's like, you know, who? I mean, right now it's hard to it's hard to see. You know, I don't know what movie I've seen in my lifetime at the theater that I knew was going to be an instant classic. I wonder people walking out of this new. That's going to be a classic. People oh, yeah. are going to be talking about that for forty. Freaking years! Just these old videos on YouTube where there's a line around the corner. Absolutely, it's like people rolling out, going, "Oh my god, I'm doing throw they're up!" Passing all out, they're like, throwing up. Uh, you know, and the thing is, is it's funny because now we've been so inundated with exorcism movies, and a lot of them, like I said, are you know take a lot from The Exorcist and they kind of incorporate into their movie. Just think in 1973, you ain't never seen shit like Nothing. this before. Yeah. You go watch that and even now this movie is shocking. Some of the some of the even I mean even just the just the material that's in the movie you would think that 40 years later it wouldn't be shocking but it is. Yeah. And I'm watching this thinking, "Wow, I do not even know how people in 1973 reacted to this because I bet it was bad." <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, let's just talk a little bit about the book. Okay. Uh, with the movie. Yes. William Peter Blatty did a fan-fucking-tastic job with the audiobook version yes. of it. He, Absolutely. It, it strikes me that he was there for every single minute of every film, uh, every shot, yes. everything. Absolutely. Um Man, what do you think? What do you think about the book? Well, overall? here, here's the thing. The book, first of all, um, if the, like I said, the movie did a great job of setting up the characters and whatnot. The yeah. book, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. In fact, they couldn't even, sh- I mean, obviously, I mean, they're two different mediums. Book and film are two different mediums. There was a lot of r- cool parts from the book that they couldn't put in this movie, but, um, they, I actually watched The Exorcist 3 recently. Yeah. And they actually put a lot of the stuff from the book, from the book The Exorcist in the movie, Ooh. where George C. Scott, in, 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 sorry, Exorcist 3 in that movie. Right. And it, it's funny because Kinderman, in my opinion, uh, in this movie, the, the guy who played Kinderman did a great, great job. Totally. He was perfect. Lee J. Cobbs, yeah. Yes. The, in, in Exorcist 3, George C. Scott played Kinderman, and he's a little bit different of Kinderman type than, than what the book seemed like to me, but he did a great job too. Yeah. But a lot of the parts from the book, you know, not like necessarily integral story points, stuff like that, but a lot of the parts from the original book were shown in that movie. That's how good it was. The Exorcist 3 came out in 1990. We're talking 17 years later. The stuff that was written in the book, which came out in, I think, in 1971, was still so good that in 1990 they were like, you know, we need to bring some of this shit up because it's great. Here's a fun fact for okay. William Peter Blatty uh-huh. won $10,000 okay. on Let's... What's it, what's it called? Let's uh, make Groucho Marx? Let's make a deal? Oh, or let's... Uh, I don't know. What, uh, what the hell? I wrote it down. Turn on your tablets. Oh, I don't I don't even have it. It's Groucho Marx show uh, okay. that he used to have. I don't know. 
He won $10,000. Groucho Marx asked him what he was going to do with the money. Uh He said, I'm going to take time off to write a novel. No way. And this is the novel he wrote. And he, wow. That's awesome. What was Groucho Marx's old show? It was like, I I don't know. Can you beat my balls to death? Or I can't remember. (laughs) Put a mustache on my balls. I I don't know. Dude, that's great. But, dude. The guy can I don't I I haven't read much of William Peter Blatty's stuff, mm-hmm. but that fucking book is one hell of a way well, to start fucking doing things. And the thing is, is it's like as we're reading it, it goes so deep. We get you know, and, and it's riveting almost the whole way through. Yeah, and the and it's like you know, it actually this is the first movie. You know how you're like, oh, the movie sucked, but the book was great. I mean, I just watched Abraham Lincoln Vampire Killer, where the book was unbelievably good, but the movie was meh. It was okay. Oh, you know? I got to check out the book. Yeah, it was way better than the movie. But the, like I said, different mediums. The thing is, is this book actually seems like a, or sorry, the movie actually seems like a companion piece. They, yeah. it, it didn't stray. I mean, there were a sure. few scenes yeah. here and there, a few scenes here and there that were maybe added or whatever, but the movie didn't stray from from the book. Yeah. Um, I think it's a companion piece, man. I mean, I think... I agree with that. Carl, the butler, Willie and Carl, they've Uh got a side story. Sure. Kinderman's bit is a lot more intense. Uh, Well, he just has so much more screen, well, book time or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, the movie was solid, right on the money. Basically, what I'm saying is is if if you watch the movie or you read the book, you know, if you were to go to the book or the movie, the opposite one that you started with, it would go right along with it, and it would fit perfectly. It's great. It, the book, seriously, it's one of my favorite books I've ever listened to, one of my favorite movies that I've ever watched. Um, there's one thing, though. There's a couple things I want to mention is, you know, we're kind of wrapping up this uh, the, the review of this. Um, it's funny because most of, most of the people back in the day um, gave it really good reviews. And, you know, but some of them gave it some negative, negative criticism. I mean, there's always those guys. Um, you know, some of them, uh, were like, oh, it just sucked. It was silly. But there yeah. was one guy. And now, and I'm bringing up, you know, we don't bring up politics or religion in this, but Billy I. Billy Graham. What? Are you going to say Bill, Billy Graham? No, I wasn't. Oh. But, oh, I got something about the. Okay. Graham. Well, let, let me say this, then okay, you bring on. up Billy Graham. There was one thing. About this, that, that I was reading about this, that really was like, oh, okay. And it's not necessarily that there was a guy out there who criticized the movie, because any asshole can criticize the movie. Exactly. But this guy actually brought up a pretty good point. And I'm not saying I agree with it or anything like that. What I'm saying is, is that this is a pretty legit criticism of the book. There's a guy named James K. Morrow who is a self-described scientific humanist. Um, you know, basically he, uh, among other things, his work satirizes organized religion. So, you know, he's, he's pretty anti-atheist type of guy. Right. He said something pretty, pretty, it hit me. It was like, oh, I see why people would think that. Um, and I'm just going to read it for him. From the first frame to last, the exorcist serves up feckless uh, i'm just gonna skip that part it serves up an attack on the enlightenment rigging every discourse at every turn 
One side, we have the forces of darkness, clueless physicians and lab coats, blinded by their materialism, blindly torturing a demonically possessed child with their diagnostic instruments. Um, but what he finds most exasperating about the movie is, you know, the, the fact that radical evil, the idea that there's just an ultimate evil, um, the phenomenon that secular humanists are continually told that they fail to appreciate. In the world of the exorcist, the devil's agenda comes down to one thing and one thing only, the sex act. And let me, let me continue. Uh, for Friedkin and Bradley, the human reproductive organs are the, um, uh, I don't know what this means, but sine qua non of chaos. Um, the depravity of in filth. Basically, that's what it was. In essence, not one obscene utterance spewed by Pazuzu touches on homophobia, pedophilia, or any other human evils except for human, you know, the evil of quote unquote human sexuality. Right. Um, and blah, blah, blah. He goes on to, to criticize the Catholic Church. And I would love to see his criminal record if anyone can bring that up. No, all, all I'm because saying... Because I'm thinking that guy's got a... Maybe. boinked a boy or no, something. Well, I don't know. But but the thing is, I think this is a pretty... A pretty... Not, not necessarily... Well, it's just a pretty valid criticism of the movie because it's like, okay, first of all, you have... um you know, you have all these bumbling doctors that don't know shit. And, oh, science is bullshit because, you know, blah, 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 blah. You can try, but you're going to fail. And, you know, that, okay, I get it. Okay, that's pretty good. But he goes deeper in that it's like all of a sudden you have Reagan jamming the the, the crucifix up or cru- mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's all about the evil. I don't know, man. That I don't necessarily agree. I think there's a balance that has to be made, but that is one of the criticisms that I thought, you know what? That's a valid criticism of it. I just think it's just so, I mean, I guess at the time. Sure. Well, that's when it was. I mean, you know, and you're talking about like today with anything that's going on, there's going to be somebody going. Sure. That is just out of, let me tell you. Well, the thing is, is most people are like that, but most people are just like, oh, I hate it because it's stupid. Christian evangelist Billy Graham uh-huh. at the time said that the, the, the demon was actually in the celluloid film. Oh, yeah, really? Every copy of that celluloid film, the devil himself was inside of it. You know what's funny? The irony of what that. What did Billy is, Graham go on to do? He, I don't, I know who he is, but I don't really know what he did. Let me tell you something though. I find that ironic because if you watch this movie, you can interpret this movie as a triumph of faith. Yeah. You, know, you have Billy Graham versus this guy. That's what I'm Will thinking. James is, K. Morrow. James K. Morrow saw it as, and he's I'm like, thinking, this is against science. Billy Graham's like, this is against religion. And it, it blows my mind. People are just seeing it the way they want to see it. And that's the thing. Exactly. You know, listen, Billy Graham. And what is it? Billy Graham's thing is, yeah, exactly. Billy Graham's argument is stupid, in my opinion. This guy has a point. I don't, I don't think he's I got any better point than Billy Graham does. No, I, well, the thing is, except for to make the, 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 the world of science kind of be a, a silly, you know, oh, you're, you're not, you know, you're not uh, good enough to solve this girl's problem. I get it. I understand. I think that's a valid point that this I movie think this made. whole movie screams, Hey, the doctors are bumbling fucking idiots Listen. that can't figure out what's going on. See? There's what demons. we've been talking about, dude. What this between this guy and and Billy Graham, 
I think this is the sign. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't believe in. I, no, I don't believe in in what this guy, what James K. Morrill said. I don't believe in what Billy Graham said. But right. what I do believe in is that when it causes this much back and forth, mm-hmm. people are seeing it from their point of view. Dad. Is an amazing story exactly. and an amazing movie. Yes. And that's the only reason why I bring this up. I don't want to say that I believe one thing or the other. Yeah. All I'm saying is, is this caused that kind of discourse? What's totally. the last movie? Could you, you imagine say? 1973? No, I can't. I wasn't born. Well, I'm just talking about <laughs> like, it's on the news. Oh my God. Yes. And Walter Cronkite talking about the lecture sisters in theaters. It pissed everybody, everybody off. was fucking, it, oh my it God. It pissed everybody off. It shocked millions. This is the movie that did that. That is why this yeah. movie gets a mother bone. effing bone saw. Give it to bone saw. That's the only reason I bring that up. I think it's awesome that you brought that up because that's Perfect. Yeah. We have two people on opposite sides of the spectrum right. who really were affected by this film. That's a sign of good anything. Art. But we, what what we've learned from anything in life to this day mm-hmm. is that anything that makes a stir, yep, whether you're right, left, religious or not, mm-hmm. if it makes a stir, you got to have an opinion on it so mm-hmm. it can get out there in the news. Absolutely. So it can spin and spin. You know, it's funny is we didn't even talk about how visually striking this movie was. Yeah. We, we, I mean, uh, because it was, I mean, it wasn't necessarily exploitative, like I said, but it was very graphic, shocking, maybe more because of it was, it was taboo, even by today's standards. Um, you know, we had the crucifix masturbation. You had the holy icons defiled. You had the child's innocence destroyed. That to me is a sign of genius writing. Um, I think that this deserves all the accolades it gets. Totally. I think that it stirred up people, the religious right, the secular left, whatever. Yeah. It stirred up everybody. That's the kind of reaction true art gets. This is a movie that's true art. It's get it. It, it makes everyone percolate. The, it, absolutely, this book is. Everyone great. feels like they got to have an opinion on it. This movie's great. It affected everyone who's seen it, including this guy right here. Yeah, I love this movie, Bonesaw. I love it, Bonesaw. Always, it's just fucking awesome. Can I can I finish with one quick thing? Yeah. Uh, I need to mention Linda Blair is totally hot when yeah, she gets when she gets older, and you see her boobies in Savage Streets. It needed to be said. Did you okay. want to see her boobies when she was no, in the tub? And no, no, son, she's too well, young. Well, good. Then you're I'm not just a saying, f- fucking weirdo, right? I, I, all I I'm was saying, thinking you were, but no, no, no. Watch Savage Streets for her boobs; it's worth it. But that's oh, it. Yeah, Bone saw, baby. Halloween episode on the record. It's we out. Such great. <laughs> I we did such great art, in my opinion. Both the album and the movie in this it's are a bone and a bone. changed my life. Not, yeah. No, I don't know if it changed my life, but it affected my being. Totally. Is that being too dramatic? No, that's not dramatic at all. Okay. It's fucking awesome. There you go, man. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I've got, too. I'm exhausted. Join the Facebook group, for God's sakes. Yes. Remember the question of the episode, too, people. Yeah, and that question is... I, I'm scrolling up because I had a, a ton of notes. Not um, on you to want to be loved. Holy cow, where am I? Where am I? Okay. Um, in all of the major horror franchises, or any horror franchise at all, sure. Uh, when do you think they should have stopped? If you think they should have at all. Okay. 1982. Easy. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's a JK. I'm making a funny. Call the bones, the bone phone, uh, 206-339-2730. 
That is 206-339-2730. Call us on the phone. Blah, 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 been alone. All yeah. right. We we love Johnny Crude for that song, by the way. Yeah. What a what a soldier there. That's all we got, man. That's it. I am exhausted. That was a lot of talk, man. I'm freaked. I'm I'm you know like Still. crab crawling. <laughs> I got tubby bitches upstairs that are crab crawling Ooh. down the stairs. Get out of here. That sounds hot. But before I pass out, yeah. we will catch you guys later. See ya. How many